aka black rocker also known as lord black rocker on instagram i don't know who knows whatever excuse me um what am i typing today we started uh, almost ready so close to ready as ready as an uh, episode has ever been This is definitely episode 113 green. <laughs> 113 green. You tweeted you mean it. Uh, I'm not just me.com is the website. Black Rocker is the Twitter. Lord Black Rocker is the Instagram. Um, today we have an episode like many of the other episodes. Uh, it's like a month since the last one. Let's see what it is. December 6th to January 24th. It's over a month. That's how we like to do it. Currently logging into Live Journal. We started with the song, 
California Halo Blue by AWOL Nation. They have They have a new album coming out soon. It looks like the title is Angel Miners and Lightning Riders. This song is really cool. This one's Mayday Fiesta Fever. songs from AOL Nation. Fiesta Fever. We got The Best. We got California Blue Halo. No, California Halo Blue. Also, today we have the Toth deck with us. Um, we're going to shuffle a little bit and we're going to ask the Toth deck how I would like to say hello. How's the Crowley Toth deck? How would you like to say hello? We flip an internal. The universe. That's number 21, the universe. Trump card number 21. A lady dancing with a cool snake. Excuse me. That didn't happen on mic. Don't confuse yourselves. 
what I mean? So is that ever... Uh, don't listen to that. That's just a transition to get to what I'm looking for. That's just a person talking. A person known as Seven Poma uploads videos. What am I looking for? All videos. What are we doing? We're trying to sort them. Sort by. Oh no. I lost it. All videos. Uploads. Uploads. Play all. View all. What the fricks? Go back one. YouTube. Back one. Sort by oldest. Sort by oldest to find the video that I'm looking for because YouTube and Twitter are no longer connected. YouTube and Twitter have given up on me. Giving up, giving up, giving up, giving up, giving up, giving up. That's new song I just made. YouTube and Twitter have given up on me and then they just say given up a bunch of times. It's a pretty great song. Here we go, the key to modern and ancient occultism. Calm down, Seven. We don't start yet. Yeah, I wanna be a little bit talked about. I just wanna be the bears. Today we're gonna YouTube DJ a lot. We've got a few tweets. We flipped the card earlier. Uh, there's a few things I'd like to say. There's things that I'm probably not going to say. There's things uh, I should say now until I forget them. Before I forget them, until I forget them, what's time? Are we going forwards or backwards? Who knows? Am I swallowing words? Definitely. Is it clear? Even though I'm swallowing words, who knows? I could look at the program. The program has a little green bar, and the green bar makes it seem as though my voice is clear. Not loud, but clear. Actually, no, loud, but not clear. You know, polarity is a weird mistress. Who knows what I'm saying, nor what it means other than myself, which is the first thing I wanted to talk about without talking about, because I wanted to get to concrete before we get to before we get to uh, just random shit, you know, like, I kind of want to go to things that are, things that need documentation before I just talk about how I feel, you know, uh, but anyway, one thing was, uh, um, oh, wait, if I'm talking about hiding, and how am I not hiding, but maybe this is hiding while talking about hiding, which would make it quantum hiding and that would be fucking legitimate so anyway there's this thing where i know i have the ability to uh suss out uh in a conversation who's telling the truth i've come to think of it as who has the current or whatever and uh i've realized um i like to hide myself in multiple ways when i was first starting it would be books you know, you'd say things and you'd reference it to a book. You'd be like, I'm not saying this. The book said that, right? That's a way to hide. And then it was teachers. I'm not saying this. The teacher's saying this, right? And then it was tones and vibrations. 
things I do say, things I don't say, why I said them, when I said it, if it was a tweet written a whole month ago versus if it's something I'm just saying off the top of my head. Am I confident about it? Am I not confident about it? The thing is, I like to be not confident. I like to seem very uneasy about what I'm saying. I enjoy the swallowing of words. Uh, right now, it seems like I'm rambling without thinking, which is what I am doing because I'm looking at Twitter and I'm like, oh, what am I talking about? Do I have the current? Is this the... And I just go into that voice and that voice right there is hiding what I am saying and what I know I'm saying, which is that I can have the current if I'd like to, but I don't want it. You know, like, why? What do, what do I need cheat for? What are we doing? <laughs> Nigga don't need all this cheat. Anyway, um, got a few things. We got tweets. Uh, we're going to go into the tweets first. Uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling tweet first episode tweets start on December 14th um actually the tweets start on December 6th check out my latest podcast you tweeted you mean it episode 112 then we got December 14th I've mentioned the trinary system and mentioned the quantum solutions of balance and redo I've mentioned the trinary system and mentioned the quantum solutions of balanced separation from waves and echoes through time or separation and the cure for splinters and calling myself out for certain mentalities and how working through them was necessary. Now let's go quantum. The idea of condensing ideas down to a manageable size and carrying it with you was talked about on my podcast along with the ideas of reacting versus taking actions after reactions. Anyway, alpha mode brainwaves can be achieved with the closing of the finger circuit if you practice. That's a cool thing that, uh, before I knew anything about magic or the occult or anything like that, I was getting into these cool books. Uh, it was, it's like that, was her name Sylvia Brown? Keyboard was not connected. Yep, it was Sylvia Brown. Back when I was reading the old psychic books about death and the spirit realm and her clear audio, uh, there was a meditation book that talked about alpha state being prime for doing magic or whatever it was prime for but like uh, to get into the alpha state you do it and then you close your finger your index and your thumb you put your index and your thumb together like the old meditation movies and you're like hum or whatever but then after you get the hang of it all you have to do is close your fingers and you're there so it's like a shortcut with muscles that was like advertised in this book and that like always stuck with me like oh if you can if you were there already then you don't have to work your way up every time you could just go there you know like 
Oh, I guess I'm going to talk about time travel there. Okay, back to the tweets. We'll get to the time travel shit. The idea of condensing ideas down to manageable size and carrying it with you was talked about on my podcast, along with the ideas of reacting versus taking action after reactions. Anyway, alpha mode brainwaves can be achieved with the closing of the finger circuit if you practice. What I'm dancing around while spiraling is the idea that there are quantum solutions for coping and dissociation and bragging and ridicule. 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 (laughs) There are quantum solutions for coping and dissociation and bragging and ridicule and gifting and begging that I've implemented into the self. Internally, I was faced with the above list of problems, which are three pairs. I mentioned before about coping, one being about me trying to feel comfortable with myself. That can also be better defined as self-worth, because comfort has discomfort word, which is associated with, but self-worth is more of a unit of measure than a word with an opposite. Whilst working internally to find self-worth, I realized I could just call out the mechanism and get to the end much like separation with time. When the operation of coping starts, I simply move to the end of the program. That after going through the coping process a few times. Oh, that after going through the coping process itself a few times. To be scientifically sound and wholesome, there is more to the formula. Coping has the polarity of dissociation, which I also happen to be susceptible to, and in actuality, with the law of rhythm, in effect, one will lead to the other. One will lead to the other. Other. I can't say other without swallowing it. One will lead to the other. Other. <laughs> Insert information to separate from the swing. Yeah, just talking about the law of rhythm, you know, you know, like one pole will lead to the other pole. So if you're coping, then you're going to dissociate. And if you're dissociating, then you're going to be coping. I swallowed coping because you knew what I was saying. Doesn't matter what I swallow, you can hear me. Anyway, I'm sorry for yelling. For whisper yelling, whisper yelling at the audience because I can't pronunciate my words. Um, here we go. Uh, To be be signed. Oh, wait, no, I just said that. Insert information to separate from the swing. Both coping and dissociation are just degrees of self worth or comfort. The picture of the pendulum one side cope to get self-worth, one side dissociates to get self-worth. One side leads to the other side as law of rhythm dictates. So I just acknowledge my self-worth instead. Same formula with begging and gifting with all relevant ideas. They are degrees of recognition. I beg for recognition, then the law of rhythm dictates I will end up gifting and vice versa. But if I just recognize myself instead, there's no pole swing, acknowledgement and non-judgment. The same goes for bragging, which this isn't, lol. Bragging leads to ridicule, 
and they are degrees of relevance. I instead acknowledge my relevance without the self-judgment of bragging nor ridicule. Simple enough, but takes much practice on the part, on my part. <laughs> Simple enough, but takes much practice on my part, and I'm still learning. That simple enough is like a shout out to Montauk Chia. Very simple, simple, haha, but we don't do it, do we? <laughs> Alright, so, so far we got coping, dissociation on two sides of the poles. We got uh, begging and gifting. I'm saying gifting is the opposite of begging. You know, like give people shit so you'll be relevant or you beg for shit so you'll be relevant and coping and dissociation is for self-worth and bragging and ridicule are on the two poles degrees of relevance so those are three pairs of problems that I was going through and here we go same goes for bragging since since there are three pairs of main problems i'm facing internally i can also apply the cure for splinters to this i seem to be dealing with the energies of self-worth recognition and relevance but which part of my system needs which is the next question faced my mind is the thing that copes and dissociates so I can give comfort and self-worth to my mind, or maybe intelligence. My spirit is the one that brags and ridicules, so I can give relevance to my spirit. It matters, lol matter. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good joke, because uh, spirit has no matter. <laughs> it matters, though. Oh, my mouse died. I shouldn't stop because the mouse died, but I am going to stop. I'm going to hit the mouse a few times. And it's back online. I just want to be the best. Oh, it's not back online. It tricked me. Okay, we got a blue light. Blue light should mean you're back online. What's going on? Do we gotta connect it? Connect. I just wanna be the best. There's a a trending hashtag called hot girls for Bernie. Hot girls for Bernie. Alright, come on mouse. Oh wait, it started working. It moved a little bit. Alright, alright, we're back in business. I feel like if I pick it up, it's gonna die again. But I gotta put the cover back on. Oh, we're good. We're good. We're back in there like the swimwear and stuff. Mind. Mind. <laughs> My mind. 
feel like I need some lip balm. Lip balm. Lip. Lip balm. Lip balm. I feel like even if I wasn't whispering, I still wouldn't be able to say lip balm without like a weird, I guess, southern accent. Lip balm. <laughs> My mom. <laughs> My mind is a thing that copes and dissociates so I can give comfort and self-worth to my mind or maybe my intelligence. My spirit is the one that brags or ridicules so I can give relevance to my spirit. It matters. LOL matter. And my physical gives and I give. Wait, what? And my physical gives and to it I give recognition. Okay. That was a little play on words like the spirit matter. Man, I'm just, just over here writing poetry and shit. <laughs> this uh, reminds me of Facebook, which is another thing I got to load on here. Oh, my keyboard died. I just want to be the bearish. Keyboard's reconnected. We're going to Facebook. Go to my own page. I can't read that out loud because it's not my post, but I definitely laughed at it. Anyway, something I do on Facebook a lot is I'll share a memory where I'm doing like uh, some type of poetry thing, and then I'll say I shouldn't write poetry. Uh, the latest one was 20 hours ago. And it says, I haven't been talking much. Things are moving fast. I like roller coasters. And I'm like, I shouldn't write poetry. Because that's like a weird prose. It almost sounds like a haiku, but it's definitely not. Because I don't know the structure of haikus. Um, let's see if we can find another. I shouldn't write poetry. Although the other one was, you guys hear about black people? <laughs> The post just says, you guys ever hear about black people or whatever? Oh, man, I forgot. Facebook has got a whole search function. Uh, here's another one. Fight the power of the TV screen. Find the courage to live your dream. Be deaf to what the people say. You have to make your own way. Eight years ago, January 21st. I shouldn't write poetry. Let's see if we can find another one. One more. We're skipping around, of course. Um, there's a shitload of falling water things. A vague book. Vague book's a cool hashtag that I don't hashtag. At the most, I'll type out the word hashtag and say vague book. Excuse me. Of course, with all the scrolling, I could have just typed it in. I could have just typed in that I shouldn't write poetry.
still scrolling. Still scrolling. Still scrolling. Ten years ago, I was ten years old. That's a fun one that I've come up with. Because ten years ago, it's all a bunch of weird and just like <laughs> complaining. finding anything lately I feel the next one I find is gonna be really good though ten years ago was ten years old perception truth to power lol cause books make me sad that's a fun one nine years ago we have this weekend should be epic Gonna buy some books tomorrow and probably end up in the negative. Cause books make me sad. <laughs> I was talking about money nine years ago, but today or January 13th, I'm like, yeah, the negative because I'm sad, not because of money. Uh, here we go, the next. The next I shouldn't write poetry from two years ago on January 12th. Commentary such as, Did you know that it is currently prime time for Twitter impressions? That's right, tweeting for the next three hours will get you so many impressions. What impressions do is not important. It's not important if impressions are important or not. It's prime time, baby. This could be a tweet. I'm missing prime time. What's the good of this again? Advertising? At Blackrocker. Facebook is a swan dance on the subtle knife. Hashtag his dark materials. Hashtag you tweeted you meaned it. There we go. We get a shout out to you tweeted you meaned it on Facebook and a shout out to his dark materials and uh, Facebook slander. Facebook is a swan dance on the subtle knife. <laughs> that was fun. I don't know why I came to Facebook anyway. I don't know what I was planning to find there. Not very much on the Facebooks. And we're back to the tweets. Back into the tweets. Acknowledgement and non-judgment. My physical gives and to it I give recognition. With this formula of main systematic problems of my trinary system, I can now see that my mind is in the strongest capacity currently. I feel great comfort and self-worth, but my spirit and body are not on accord with each other because <laughs> they are the same thing and I see them as different. Micro macro disconnection going on in the mainframe, lol. And as I think about it, recognition and relevance are pretty similar. I condense three pairs of problems into a conversation of how I can get more comfortable with my relevance and recognition with a cure for splinters. 
quantum solutions being the formula and the process, the alchemy, not the six problems, nor the con not the six problems, nor the conversation itself. Solutions divulge from experience with the guide of teachers and reality and the self, which can also be a trinary system, whole and scientifically sound. All right, now the next tweets are from December 15th. Uh, the next tweet, rather. 374 word count as of now. Hashtag the day Billy fell off the cliff. Hashtag behind the scenes book on a book. December 18th. Today we have 370 words typed to the story. Hashtag the day Billy fell off the cliff. Hashtag behind the scenes book on a book. Instagram picture constable. Instagram picture grunge. January 8th. I wrote 315 words today. Hashtag the day Billy fell off the cliff. Hashtag behind the scenes book on a book. January 10th. Tonight, today, tonight, today, I wrote 568 words with the hashtag the day Billy fell off the cliff, hashtag behind the scenes, book on a book. Oh, crepes, I don't think I'm finished just yet. I thought I was at the stopping point, but I find myself not there. But also, I'm not there, and I'm here typing this. Like, hmm. I find myself not there, but also I'm not there. I'm here typing like this is an address to the public, really supposed. Oh, this is a run-on sentence that's hard to say out loud. But also I'm not there. I'm here typing like. But also I'm not there. I'm here typing like this is an address to public, really supposed to be an addendum. Like that was the number, but also a little more. January 10th, our real word count is now 717. We're at a better stopping point now. There was a point where I typed something as a statement and a question, but I couldn't remember where the question mark was on the keyboard. Hashtag the day Billy fell off the cliff, hashtag behind the scenes book on a book. Yeah, yeah. Instagram picture spotty. Instagram picture tranquility. January 17th. Today's word count is 917. A lot of dialogue and actions coming together for this chapter. A fun write. Instagram picture quotient. And that is it for the tweets. What you think about them tweets? We flip another internal Knight of Wands. Knight of Wands. It's a dude dressed as a knight on a black horse in the flames. He's got a, a wand. It looks like a torch. It's pretty cool. Wanna be the bearish?
That was Funeral Post by The Used from The Canyon. All right, we got a lot of YouTube DJing to do. But first, a different story that I've probably read on this podcast before. Also, we have different stories. I recently taken um, to creating, you know how people have mind palaces? Well, I don't have a mind palace, but I've made like three to 18. (laughs) Three to 18 being because I don't count. So they're like upwards of, depending on if you put them together or not. Sometimes I do put them together. (laughs) Shiitake. I do put them together when I'm in reference to the books, which is taking taking imagination and making it tangible because I'm imagining these mind palaces and then I'm ascribing them to books. Billy is in the land of fire and then he'll go to adult wonderland, which is the dreamscape. And then he'll be in the dark sea, which is the the dark sea. But also, these places are like fucking. It's weird. Like the dark sea is like fucking. There's mythology about it and shit. I mean, I was suggested to go there uh, by one of my teachers. I'm pretty sure. One day, listening to Brother Panic, he had just offhand mentioned it. Oh, no, no, he didn't even mention the dark sea. He just said, he just said, close your eyes and like imagine that you're in the blackness. And then I was taken to the dark sea, which is where I, I don't know if that's the first place I went. I feel like the land of fire was the first place, but I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? They're all irrelevant and you can put them together. They're all mind palaces. But anyway, there's like this cool ass Jackie Chan movie. Uh, let me look up the Jackie Chan movie. Keyboard not connected. Um, Yin and Yang Adventure or something. What's it called? Here we go. The Night of Shadows Between Yin and Yang. All right. In The Night of Shadows Between Yin and Yang, it uh, it begins in the dark sea, or actually in the sea. 
and it's a spiritual sea and it has fucking water dragons like that was like the main thing of when I went to the dark sea there were water dragons and then I learned mythology and shit that talks about like these that's like our ancestors and shit (laughs) the Nomu the Nomu came from the water not the Nomu is it the Nomu? The Dogon religion shit. Either way, Leviathan, uh, the, with the the whales, what are the... I don't know, but it's weird. And it's like, I don't, I didn't really know any of that shit. All I knew is I went to a mind palace and then I started doing shit there. And then I got hexed. Oh, hexed is a stupid word to use. Exiled is also stupid. I got avoided. I was avoided because of what I did there. And I talked about that for years. I talked about it. I even talked about it on the stage during comedy when I talked about doing drugs like ayahuasca. Where I'm like, none of the gods wanted to talk to me. And I figured out it's because back when I was imagining things, I was very gung-ho. Back when I was a usurper, which we're now terming an extreme integrator. Because usurper has very bad connotations. So back when I was an extreme integrator, I would be eating all of these gods and putting them inside of me which is what I was doing in the dark sea. And then at at a certain point, if you know a person is not going to give you the time of day to talk to you or some shit, they're just going to consume you and integrate just off the bat. (laughs) Like, why would you even talk to them? Just avoid them. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, I'm paying penance for all the wild shit I did. I have to become a more calm person before I can talk to these other beings. Uh, which is a very fun belief. But then to know that there's mythology around the sea and the sea dragons and it's very cool. Uh, before I was doing that, I, was, I wanted to get into mind palaces. I guess I was talking up the relevance of a mind palace. So I've been doing different shit with my mind palace. I kind of want to go through every one of them, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm just going to paint a weird picture, um, which is, a, oh shit, I got a Facebook message. Anyway, some weird shit uh, Seven Bomar showed. I'm not going to be able to find it on YouTube. I could find it, but I won't. I know where to find it, but I'm not going to. Anyway, it was a small tablet with some symbols on it. And the symbols being the structure of the internal space. Starting from a square, going into a triangle, then going into a crescent moon, and then going into a circle. And when I say going into, I mean the squares on the bottom, 
Above it's the triangle, then it's the crescent, and then it's the circle on the top. And it's supposed to be like the family structures. It's the house, the house, the bag. He was talking about bags. Anyway, but that's like the basic version. What I have is, and I don't like to say the orientation of it. I don't like to say what's up and down because my tower will look like a bridge depending on your orientation, which is something I say on Facebook a bunch. Anyway, here we go. We have the land of fire, right? The land of fire is its own sphere. And then we have the dark sea. The dark sea is its own sphere. Then we have the, the, the dark tower. It doesn't have to be dark, it's just a tower, um, which is pretty much, when I first got to it, I was like, it's the halls of a mentee. Um, but it was just like a, a spiral staircase made of stone. So it goes up and down or whatever. And then like later on, I evolved my spiral staircase to be able to walk on the outside of it and then it was a bridge, right? And I put the bridge in the middle of the land of fire and the dark sea. So like with the orientation already spinning because it's a tower and it's a bridge, the land of fire and the dark sea could either be right and left or up and down, or you can fucking spin them. And when you spin them, it's, it's cool. It's very cool. <laughs> Like, uh, I like to look at scientifically um, magnets on Furacell. Furacell, is that what it's called? Therafluid. No, Therafluid. Furacell. Whatever it is, it's magnets, and you can see the actual arms of magnetism. And you can you could actually see the actual patterns magnets take the path of energy. So if you take that pattern and then you spin the land of fire and the the dark sea around the tower, it's like red and blue, which is another thing that the Tao, the Tao Tao, the Tao Tao, the Tao Tao, the Tao Tao. The ancient Taoism, uh, they know about the fire and water energies, the Kun and Li, the greatest Kun and Li, the, <laughs> the great Kun and Li and the lesser Kun and Li, which is making the cauldrons. So the cauldron being the tower itself, because uh, it's made of stone and or, you know, metal. Uh, so the, the tower would be the cauldron. You put the water inside of that. You put the fire under that. So it's still basically the tower between the fire and the water, but that's neither here nor there. I guess it's also here and there, uh, quantum or whatever. But like, uh, also the tower, depending on your orientation, can uh, flatten out, I guess would be the word. Um, and it can become a beach also known as the Golden Beach, which I referred to in the song on Negus Manipulator. No, on Coniferous Ferns. Coniferous Ferns, when I was talking about the Dark Sea, on my song, my very polarity song, 
Coniferous Ferns is amazing. You should just go listen to Coniferous Ferns. We're going to do a Google test to see if... Coniferous Ferns does not take you to the mixtape. If you search Coniferous Ferns, Lord Byron. SoundCloud, yes, it does take you to it. Coniferous Friends, Lord Byron. Oh, wait, we can... <laughs> That's the first song, The Teacher. It's like, I want to write a manual for you to survive, but all you really need is a real quest for life. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we're going to go through the titles of them. The Teacher, A Life Less Real, Coniferous Ferns, Nature's Song, The Power of Fear, Divine Intent, Mundane Expert, I Can't Get Lost, I'm Pretentious, A Transference of Consciousness, The Energy Source, I'm Not Just Me, The Door Insanity Opened, and Never Trust Me. 14 songs. I'm pretty sure The Power of Fear is the one that I'm... It should start with, jump rope, go outside. <laughs> Did I ever tell you of my travels up the sea? Nope. That is the wrong song. It can't be I can't get lost. A transference of consciousness? The energy source? Uh, I don't want to click too many of these. It's the energy source. Okay, here we go. Creation, what is emotion that's basic alchemy to me? 
Whatever. Um, so, like, that's very, very polarized song where, like, one, one track of the song is talking about the dark sea and my journey there. And then the other side, the other track is saying, go outside, don't meditate, don't stay in your room. <laughs> Don't follow what I did. Don't do <laughs> jump rope. Go outside. You know, like build a rocket ship and fly that shit. You know, go do something. Like don't waste all your time. That's why I really love coniferous ferns because all of the songs are like that, where they're one track of written. One track I wrote out what I wanted to say, and the other track I freestyled pretty much the opposite. Pretty much. And that song is called The Energy Source. And towards the end, I mentioned The Golden Beach. That's from 2016. It's now 2020. Uh, so that's how old The Golden Beach is in my mindscape, mind palace, whatnot. Whatever you'd like to call it. So yeah, the tower can spread itself out, become the golden beach. Um, oh, also, I found the crystal palace. Um, oh, that was amazing. I was watching Seven Bomar again. Um, he had a picture of the pentagram and how it phi goes into the pentagram, the golden ratio of like, I don't remember what it looked like, but either way it was on one end of the pentagram and it spun out and it connected to another line and it spun out and it connected to another line. Right, and I was like, holy shit, the golden ratio and the pentagram. Oh no, like it starts from the center and then it connects to lines. And I was like, holy shit. And then I thought about inversions. Also, a big thing for me was being on the bridge in my mind palace is like, I've heard it described in a lot of books. Like uh, there's, this, there's this feeling that people describe in books, which I'm not good with describing feelings. I don't do metaphors and similes, but a lot of people do. And they'll say it's like being on a bridge. Of, excuse me. Being on a bridge above an abyss, right? So the bridge is in the void, but also the land of fire and the dark sea are also in the void. So, I mean, like, you know, like when, but the big thing was like, where's the bridge heading? If, if I'm looking forward on the bridge and not to the right or to the left towards the dark sea or the land of fire, what's forward? And like, there was never anything really forward other than like it spreading out and being the golden beach. But 
when I saw the five thing with the pentagram being internal and flipping and shit, I was like, holy shit, like, what if, <laughs> what if everything is um, fucking inside out and uh, inverted? So what if I turn around? Like, I'm always looking in one direction in the mind palace, but what if I go backwards? Much like in reality, we're always looking outside our eyes. What if we go internal? Internally, what if we're looking the wrong way? <laughs> and like I flipped it and it like did the whole inversion thing. Found a mind palace in that bitch. Which, oh, uh, there's another Facebook thing. Here we go to Facebook again. Worthless Facebook. Worthless other than my tower. This is an external tower of Facebook. I recently shared a post from the Illuminati Congo. Uh, it's a meme. And uh, the thing I said when I shared it was, this looks made up, but it's still cool. Because it has the abdominal tantian, which is like the, the center where our souls are usually located. Then you have the heart center, which is another center of, and then you have the head tantian, the center of the crystal palace. And it's like a little drawing of a person with all those three things, right? And the part that looks made up is on the other side of that. They have understand next to abdominal, understand next to the heart, and overstand next to the head. That looks made up. I have never heard understand before Seven Bomar. But like maybe understand was a word, but I doubt it. And if it wasn't a word, then this chart is uh, wishful thinking at the best. Wishful thinking, I mean, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's uh, beneficial for some people to break down understanding, but like I doubt it, you know, like <laughs> it's just more more division, really. But anyway, abdominal tantian, uh, from there, doing the five flip, it goes into the heart first, and then it goes all the way around again, and then it reaches the, the head. If you were to put the five spiral there. So like... I don't remember which. Oh, if that case, the whole bridge can spin. You know, if the whole bridge can spin, it doesn't matter which direction you're walking. So like that was a whole nother thing with the Pine Palace where I was like spinning the bridge in multiple directions, running around the bridge, my avatars or whatnot. Uh, and the avatar is a whole nother thing. Oh, I should have tweeted about it, but I'm not going to tweet about it. Anyway, if you take the phi, much like with the pentagram, because it's a, it's a line or a bridge, and it spins and it makes connections to other lines, um, so yeah, 
the bridge connects to the Tatantia and it can go to the heart or it can go to the Crystal Palace. And in the Crystal Palace, Mind Palace, I have it much like in the day Billy fell off the cliff where the intuition was in the star and the star is a plasma screen. It's a hollow plasma screen. Stars having plasma, it makes sense, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, at the plasma screen, you can see whatever you like. So like you can basically project the world from the Crystal Palace if, if you were that into it. I mean, like the heart is usually probably where you'd want to stay. The heart makes like more of a home. The Crystal Palace is like a workspace. Anyway, um, uh, what was after that? Counting. The Avatar itself. So much like in the books, I have already structured out avatars for each place. The land of fire having the avatars of the skeleton, the flaming human, and the flaming beast, which I guess looks like a hairy naked Dracula, maybe? What, what monster looks like that? A devil. It looks like a devil. Like with wings and possibly hooves, but I don't really go into that specific. Doesn't need hooves. All I do is the, spe the most specific I get is hair, dark hair and wings. So like skeleton, a human and a devil and the flaming land, all depending on how you feel. If you're comfortable there, then you'll be more of a devil. If you're less comfortable, you'll be the human. And if you're very uncomfortable, you'll be the skeleton, you know, like in the dark seas, like a dude on a boat um, in the dark, a dragon, the sea dragon, and also a dude on a boat in the light. <laughs> And the darkness, dude on a boat in the dark, is kind of like the skeleton. Dude, dude on the boat in the light, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if they have comparisons. The sea dragon is kind of, it sounds like the devil, but it's in the water. And then the, the person in the light isn't really in the water. So it's like... Not in the water and in the water is more of the qualifiers. I guess, no, I don't need to complicate it anymore. Um, so like on the Golden Beach, we have something that I have not really typed down, I guess, which I have a mind palace that I don't really use all that often. 
of being on the bridge, really, not really the Golden Beach, but having a guy, dark dude, dark black like me, my intuition from the book, The Day Billy Fell Off the Cliff, uh, the intuition is Vanta Black, uh, but in this mind palace, one hand is has the power of water, the other hand has the power of fire, right? Because in the Golden Beach, it's the the waters on the beach, and then you add a fire on the other side, maybe like metaphorically the sun and the moon or whatever. And then you have the third, the three, the trinary system. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going into preaching or whatever. <laughs> but that's one avatar I've come up with. Then, since finding the Crystal Palace and the projector. Oh, shit. Think of the projector. Uh, do I go? What do I? I guess I'd... All right, we've mentioned the projector, we've mentioned the avatar. We've, excuse me, we've got a crossroads. Alistair Crowley took deck, which path would you like to take? We flip an internal, the Eon. The Eon number 20. Um, that looks like every path, you know, like whatever. We got all Eon to get through this. So the projector is some sh cool shit. After finding the Crystal Palace and realizing there's the Tantian, the heart center, and the head Tantian, the Crystal Palace. I was like, um, trinary systems, it's like three mirrors. Uh, also, the the day Billy fell to live really uh, the limits of just the limits the limits in limitless where you have three spheres you have the point you have a sphere around the point then you have a sphere around that sphere right so the three mirrors it looked to me because I knew one had to be a two way mirror because how do you get light going through a mirror and then also reflecting it has to be a two-way mirror so what i thought of was the police um interrogation rooms right to where there's a there's the interrogation room itself which is in this case a room with two mirrors um they'd normally have a table right and then one side of the table would be a mirror, that's one-way mirror. The other side of the table would be a two-way mirror. And then in the room where the people like look on, there'd be a mirror on that far wall. So the projector would be coming, the projector would be in the secret room where they look on and the projector is just a ball of light or the sun and it would reflect, it reflects in that room. It illuminates that room is the best word, right? But then it also goes through the two-way mirror and it illuminates that room. 
And that room is like, like the physical world. And then the secret room is like the mind world, the mind palaces. Right, but then eventually I I realized putting walls around the projector was stupid. So like eventually after a few mind palace runs on that, I went back to the spheres where it was like uh, a reflective uh, what do they call them? Force fields in movies? Like a reflective bubble instead of rooms. It's just like reflective bubbles. But it's still the same effect of the projector, the light source being in one room, it bouncing off the walls. And then also bleeding into the past, the... Limit, the the barrier of the first thing, and then it goes into the next one, and it creates things there. I don't know, the, the, the police interrogation room makes it make sense, but the spheres make it more natural and then if you look at the picture of the dude with the heart center the head center and the abdominal center you can imagine where the light would be and how it's going through those fears like down the bridge which can be manipulated to either of those places like you don't really have to walk all that far to get anywhere because you can move the whole bridge anyway i still have a lot of oh man how long have we been killing Mind palaces or something else, you know? Also with the moving bridge and the projector, the projector is a past conversation now. Uh, I don't really think about it too much, although that might be the next thing that I'm on, you know, like trying to suss out easier how to fit the projector into normal reality or normal thought. But anyway, um... In the real world, I go out and sometimes I'll hang out in my mind palaces. One of my favorite spots that I've gotten to is a mountain that I make on the bridge because I've gotten to the Crystal Palace and I realize, you know, like you can make it look like anything. So one day... Oh, and that's a whole nother thing also. There's a ski resort. The ski resort came after the mountain. Right, I'll, I'll get to the ski resort after I talk about the mountain. One day I was like, oh, it feels like I'm fighting an uphill battle. 
I know, and I was just like, uh, oh wait, is this before or after the Avatar? Everything in its time, I guess. Um, it doesn't matter what the Avatar looks like. But it kind of did. No, it didn't. Okay, it was at the same time. Here we go. <laughs> I had Golden Beach guy with fire water power going up a mountain, a snowy mountain. And then I was like, oh wait, but it's inverted, right? Everything's inverted. So like I really had the bridge at a tilt from my perspective going upwards was going to the left. Right. But then I was like, oh, wait, everything's inverted. So I had him upside down going to the right, still going upwards. <laughs> Although an inversion would have been going downwards, but I still had him going up, but just to the right and under under the mountain. But the mountain is just upside down. It's not really under it. Right, if you can, if you could think about like a, a mountain, going, a mountain on a, a straight, if the bridge is straight, going from left to right upwards, and then the mountain sticks out from there. My dude's going up a mountain, upside down, and then I was like, at first I was like, he's just walking upside down and I was like wait let's flip the gravity <laughs> let's pretend as if he's actually upside down and the gravity's right side up so he's gotta like climb and then stick to this mountain and then there was a Joe Rogan episode that I saw where this guy free climbs mountains and he's literally on that same incline with no ropes just climbing mountains upside down and shit like people really do that shit for real but my little avatar guy in the mind palace is doing it and like <sighs> eventually I got tired of the motion of it because it takes brain power to think about him climbing and then I gave him some wings and I was like you know, like, just <laughs> whatever. Like, you can fly, but you, like, keep your thing. And I was like, yeah, I guess I give him claws or whatever. You know, and I started, like, I put him in a temple. And that was the coolest thing. It was like a, a temple in the snowy mountains with nothing else around it. And then, like, when it inverts, it's just him sitting in the temple upside down. <laughs> but he can also, like, stand on his hands and be straight up. Straight up and down. It was, like, very cool mind exercises that I was doing. But then, eventually, the avatar with itself it begins. There was... I don't know why 
There's something significant about the five, the pentagram, the pentagram and five, but I wanted to get to 13. All right, so like humans, we have five extremities or whatever, the arm, leg, leg, arm, head. But I wanted my avatar to have 13. So I started with a normal five. I gave him four wings. That's nine. I gave him two horns. That's 11. I gave him a belly button. 12. And I gave him a tail. It's 13. Right. So now he's he's like a chimera, a, chim a chimera. I didn't think about it too hard until a few days ago when another Seven Bomar video talked about the chimeras and like the lion type people and the the lion snakes and then the fish peoples and and the bovids. So I was like, oh shit, like I could put all of those together. The bovid head, the snake tail, the <laughs> the eagle wings, the it was maybe fish fish uh flippers, what are they called? Fins. Instead of four wings, two are eels, two are fish. You know, like fucking lion claws. For feats. Is there another animal I'm missing? I don't. Um, I guess human hands? I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I feel like the 13 point avatar is pretty fucking cool. And he's like. Taking residence in the Crystal Palace. And it can go from 5 to 1. Oh, I can also count from 1 to 13 now in reference to different points on a body. Or just like different points in general. 1 being a point itself. 2 being a line. You know, like that type of shit. 3 being a triangle. 4 being... <laughs> Four being the squares. It's all relative and relevant, relative. Oh, I, did, I shouldn't have pressed that button. Reconnect my keyboard. I can't press escape. Okay, there we go. Alright. Also, in reference to a body instead of points, one being the belly button. It's two would be like body and head. 
Oh, I know what I did with that one. Two being like mind and body. <laughs> Three being mind, spirit, body. Or like spirit and flesh for two. Three being mind, spirit, flesh. I don't remember what four is. It does not really exactly matter. You can get it from there. Five being the normal human. Six, yeah, the genitals. Because it's the funk dating. The sex, six, the sex. Anyway, um, that was about it with the Mind Palace. I think. I'm pretty sure that's about it. So far. Alright, now we get to more written out structured things. With the creation, the story of the other side. Something I wrote 2014 on March 13th. Creation, Lord Byron Keith Broussard version. In a place where time doesn't exist, there was a force that birthed the universe. This force was not love. This force was not hate. It was want to be. Potential energy converted into kinetic energy and exploded into what we would know as the Big Bang. The Big Bang was not alone. It came with an equal explosion on the potential energy side where there is no time. As humans, we are aware of our connection to the other side or the side outside of time. We have the ability to communicate our thoughts and feelings in a plethora of ways. This ability led us to shared ideas, ideals. This ability led us to shared ideals cities and religions. We are also aware that things that are alive are programmed to stay alive for as long as possible. This desire for life is what connects us to the other side. When that first hole between potential and kinetic was made, it started a revolution on the other side very similar to the creation of the universe. The other side figured out a way to be manifested, bursting through into our universe and using all of their energy to live, turning into powerful stars. They showed their passion for life. They colored the blank canvas universe. This act was instantaneous on the other side because there is no time. Out of the darkness, potential energy, out of the darkness of potential energy arose a picture of what kinetic energy life would be like. The force of the other side created other pictures too. Numbers we could never imagine of universes, each unique in their own way. But the force learned with each universe made them bigger, better, more efficient as it instantaneously grew and developed one of its many side projects was squeezing in as much potential energy. What, uh, what it was made of, <laughs> Oh, that sentence was hard. As it instantaneously grew and developed, 
One of its many side projects was squeezing in as much potential energy, what it was made of, into kinetic energy world, into the kinetic energy world. Each one of us humans is different and the same. We are all pieces of the same other side that created the universe that we live in currently. Individual, the individuality that you feel is complements of the vastness of the other side. While simultaneously creating countless universes, it began to live countless lives inside the universes. Earth happens to be an amazing place that was perfect to support life. Earth has been lived on by many species of life, and in the present moment, we humans are the greatest manifestation of the other side, our DNA and cell structure mimicking the universe itself. We are able to understand the space in which we live with we are able to understand the space in which we live to a vast accuracy. We have a soul that allows us to imagine, you think, and you can create. Your soul is infinite because it came from the other side. This does indeed mean that the other side is living countless lives and countless universes instantaneously. When the Big Bang happened, our souls were created on the other side. Our potentials manifested into kinetic lives that we are lucky enough to actually enjoy in a space where time has to logically exist. When our souls enter into one of the countless universes, we get a full emerging experience up till the end. Each trip is a soul's unique experience and chance to learn about life. Being a soul on the other side, we have the knowledge of every universe there is every type of life ever created by the other side, and that instantaneous moment is known to our souls. We are the scientists of the other side. Our souls were made to feel everything that kinetic life had to offer and report back to base when it ended. The amounts of lives we choose to live could be endless in our human minds, but all happens instantaneously on the other side. We appeared in the picture amongst the stars. We appeared in the picture amongst all of the stars. On the other side, we would not lose ourselves to bigger hive mind. On the other side, we would not lose ourselves to a bigger hive mind. Being one part of a whole, much like a cell in a body, would be more realistic. We choose this life and we already know the ending because it is what we make it. Although things happened in an instant on the other side, it was an instant state of growth and development. It's a soul's choice to develop its wants and its choices the soul makes. It's a soul's choice to develop its wants and the choices the soul makes in the kinetic world determine how many lives it took to reach its goal. The life force of animals is a step below our souls. In an order, it would be the other side itself, the universe creator, the parts that made the stars, the parts that made the planets, the parts that made self-aware beings, the parts that make up uh, animal life, the parts that make up cell life, and the whispers of souls that we would call paranormal. The strength and ability of these levels of souls may be out of order because there is no measure of soul in our kinetic energy world. My order method was based on expression. 
This may or may not be continued. I want to thank Orson Scott Card for introducing me to the idea of the other side. I want to thank everyone who helped make Cosmos for inspiring me to tell a cool story. Tags, Cosmos, creation, energy, other side, soul, universe. From March 13th, 2014. The story of the other side on Live Journal. Alright. Now I'm going to do a bit of DJing. I really don't need to, but I kind of want to. Let's flip a card. Uh, what you think about that cool blog? We flip another internal abundance, three of cups. Abundance, three of cups. Cups are water, emotions. All right, I guess we're going to go through this uh, in order. Secret Energy 7 Bomar has a podcast that he's been doing for about a month. And I haven't done my podcast in about a month. So I'm going to go through most episodes, do a little bit of listening to random areas that I've selected. I've selected these areas randomly. I don't know what he's going to be talking about, but I have a feeling it'll make sense somehow because it mostly does every other episode. All right. Um, During the podcast, he's... uh, He's taking his, it's all, I'm passing myself up. In his podcast, he's doing it live on YouTube and he's taking questions from the audience and he's answering those questions. And that's pretty much the whole podcast, him taking questions and answering questions live. Alright, so here we have Secret Energy Podcast Episode 1. We're starting 29 minutes in. 29 minutes, 24 seconds. Cho. Tools of manipulation for the masses. For the cities. We have to remember we have a loose grip on history. Millions, if not billions of human souls have already passed through this system. There have already been established governments 3,000 years ago was the new world order, which involved banking, checks, finances. All these things began so long ago, and now we're on a stage, as I mentioned in my recent Facebook post, until we wake up to what's happening, what's around us is a cunningly contrived myth in this society or in these systems, the politics, etc., are all in themselves stages, like a WWF match to keep us distracted and in the confusions of division, which is the dark art, the art of war. The next question here is, what is the best way to reprogram the subconscious mind? There is no best 
way. It's really about who the person is and what they're susceptible to. See, a while ago, we set out to actually give the high levels of knowledge in Arcana to everyone and found a struggle with allowing that to be universal, especially with the neophytes just coming in. But I'm happy to say that now you can even navigate to secretenergy.com, hit the right menu. That's the menu on the right side and go down to cosmic energy and see right there lined up in front of you each day of the week and the resonance for that day of the week, which allows you to dial in to the ancestral powers. So truly the greatest form of magic, the greatest level of power that you can inherit here on the planetary system is to be in line with your ancestors, which are moving and coursing throughout what you would say is the stars deep into the planet. And just as the sun rises and for the male that gives a little morning wood, and as the moon goes into the full phase for the female, it gives her that lovely feeling. So too, all of the stars have an effect on different aspects of the consciousness and body. And when we learn these effects, we are able to actually take these laws of light, which is the higher knowledge, and utilize it to propel us into a greater stage of our existence with exactness, just as a sailor would use the stars in his sextant to navigate the ocean, so too you can use the cosmic vibration to determine what will give you the greatest level of impact for your growth in a day. The next question here is, well, let me finish that question. So you reprogram your conscious, your subconscious first by learning the correspondences to the celestial bodies that are moving across the vault to allow yourself to get synchronized into who you truly are so you can move with the power of the all. The next question here is, does monogamous relationships have its place or was it just a social construct? And I will come to tell you that we are experimenting consist consistently with different forms. Is it marriage? Is it monogamy? Is it polygamy? And each of these times, the only thing that I could advise you to do is to look and see those who have done it and then look and see their results. And then see if those results are right for you. See if that is the future that you wish to inherit. It's important for us all to realize that we have our own discernment, but we also have the wisdom and knowledge of seeing if someone taps into something that is indeed ignorant. Well, the proof of wisdom is in the type of people that it produces, so you can see the results. But true wisdom is to follow the conclusion of the matter. If you see someone do something that doesn't pan out the way you expected, you find someone else that does the same thing and it doesn't pan out the way you expected, a true adept knows not to go in and try it themselves <laughs> and only to get the same result. I remember when I was a child, I could always remember my mom say, learn from others' mistakes, James. And I can always see myself as being young, thinking I knew what was going on. And truly, my maturity is what allowed me to learn from what others were doing rather than crash dumbing myself into scenarios that I would want to undo. So that's what I have to say about that. Episode We have episode two. Episode two, Secret Energy Podcast. 
er, the literal episode title is called Secret Energy Podcast Eep 2. We're going 46 minutes and 12 seconds. You're looking to be balanced. So always remember this. This is chemistry. This is my thematics. And because of that, it's all about maintaining balance and staying away from the extremes, except for when needing to use that. Like if somebody just drops out in front of you and sit and sit. Now you need to go to the extreme of the yin pole to pull energy to heal that person. But to stay on the extreme yin pole in every day of life, you're going to be crying. You're going to feel vulnerable. You're going to feel like nobody loves you. Nobody's paying attention to what's going on. Nobody cares about earth. You're going to feel all of that. So you also need that yang component. Go out and have some fun with your friends. Go watch a damn movie. Tune it down a little bit. Remember, what the Magus is doing is, is aware of all of this. So it's not like the action like, oh, yeah, I want to go and party. It may be I need to go and party to tune down some of this high vibration because I don't actually need to be in that stage right now. And I know that that's crazy to say. And also people are like, what does that, how? And it's true. It's really about balance here. It's not about high vibration or low vibration. It's about balance and being able to access those poles when necessary. So I'll keep going with this. So just remember how you transmute those frequencies of the course using the, the correspondences to how to nullify those frequencies. And then also remembering the environment. Do the math already before you go in there. I know I'm going into the office. Judy jokes too much. Paul is totally unconscious. So this is obviously not midnight meditation that you're going into. This is something totally different. So get your wardrobe on. That's why there's war in front of it because now there's going to be a conflict of frequencies when you go into spaces. And you wear these accoutrements, you know, have some lavender in your pocket, have some, have, have the stone on, have the stone on your finger, right? Have the things that are needed to actually balance out the energies that you're about to go into. That's the depth. The depth knows what's going to go in there. It doesn't imagine that, oh, my frequency is so high, it's just going to change everything around me. But that would change the entire workspace and that would probably, your job would be gone and all of that would be gone. So it's just instead of trying to change all the time things that you can't change, work with the things that you actually can and also get with the powerful forces that have the ability to do that. And that's why nature is so powerful. That's why you see like even a simple smell can spread through the entire office. And sometimes even only the sensitive people can even smell it. You see what I mean? So there's ways to reprogram and do things that don't actually require you to just directly get into a conflict with somebody and to start telling them what you know and all of that. Okay? So the next question here is I use negative energies to feed. I use negative <laughs> energies to feed a root chakra, pulling it from my crown as it boiled up. I then fed it. <laughs> I fed it to the root. Instant Kundalini traveling up the spine. Is there a name for that message? I don't know. I don't know the name of it, <laughs> personally. Uh, whatever you have going on with your energy centers. Um, let me clarify this because I think that what the person is saying is I, I use negative energies to feed my root, feed a root chakra. Okay, I would assume that meant my root chakra, okay? This question is a, a little fractured, so we want to try to clean up as best as possible. 
But let's just talk about what we know about when we're feeding these energies in our body, like how we bring up energy. And just specifically to this, using negative energy to feed the root chakra. Let's just talk about what that's really about. Because I talked about this before, and it's like when you get scared all of a sudden, let's say something wild happens and your heart goes into this crazy beat, it's almost like a flutter. It's a mixture of anxiety, a mixture of desperation, and, and then the fear and the adrenals, more importantly, all those fluids from the spine now pump into different parts, especially of, of, of different parts of the body, different parts of the energy center. And if you take a moment, instead of, let's say, just reacting, to breathe that in, you'll find that while it could take 50, even 100 breaths to reach a certain state, that you would be able to reach that same state within one breath by utilizing that energy, which is perceived as negative, because all the fluids from the spine are all present at that time, and then you're making the intention to actually put that energy to work. Okay, so I'm assuming that that's what the person is talking about. It reminds me of something I forgot to talk about with the avatars and the... <laughs> it goes back to the tweets and to what I've written into the story of the day Billy fell off the cliff. Which he just mentioned uh, using all of that energy to do something or other while it's there to make a shortcut. He's pretty much just talking about making a shortcut. Um, one time... Oh, the shortcut that I was talking about when you close your fingers and you go to alpha mode. Right, so that part. That part, that part, that part. <laughs> um, also, with asking for comfort, relevance, and recognition... Instead of going through the dance of self-worth and shit. There's a visual with the avatar. Like maybe I put him back in the, 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 what's it called? On the mountain in the monk space. What is a monk space called? A temple? In the little flat area. You know, like a gazebo, a gazebo, but monkey, a monkey gazebo. <laughs> you know, the monkey mountain in the monkey gazebo. Um, anyway, uh, the avatar, you take the avatar and move him backwards and around himself like a, like an after image. Or like a weird, like if you took an action figure, was standing and you just took it, you picked it up, and you flipped it and you put it back standing where it was. And it's not a forwards motion, it's not a backwards motion, it's a circular motion. And it's backwards. But in effect, that, that motion for me meant something happened between the end and the beginning, but I I collapsed the end and the beginning together by going backwards to the end. From the beginning, going backwards to the end, 
in one fell swoop. You collapse the end of the beginning and then you have um, leisure. You have uh, words. Words. You have words. <laughs> you have, I guess, leisure over what happened in the middle. You have hearsay over what happens in the middle. You have leisurely hearsay. You have an open invitation to do whatever you want in the middle. I don't know, you know, like the, if you collapse the beginning and end, then the middle is up to your leisure. Right, and that's what I did on the day Billy fell off the cliff. Um, connecting the stories after the story of Rick. And I went in a little bit into the viewpoint of Lisa, another one of the characters. And then we're on chapter like 19 in the book, in the writing of the book. And so like, so chapter 21, actually I'm on chapter 21. But chapter... 16 through 21 is all different perspectives and traveling and the voice from outside and the darkness of self-reflection. So they finally leave the darkness of self-reflection in chapter 21. And I do the thing of the avatar going backwards and around in a circle. And I'm like, okay, everything that happened between chapter 16 and this point is collapsed. Now we're going back to chapter 15. But also everything still happened, but they're just, we're pretty much just starting again at chapter 15. That's a fun thing you can do when you're writing a story that's outside of time. You can collapse time, and that's a fun thing you can do when you're in a mind palace, because mind palaces are outside of time. Okay, here we go. Secret Energy Podcast Episode 3. We're going to go 49 minutes in and 55 seconds. I've been playing about four minutes of each episode. Here we go. Need to maybe shave your tongue and all <laughs> sorts of different things that will all be still coming from that same energetic field, which is you're not enough. You're not enough. You now need to do this so you can become more. And this is not a very constructive over, I call it the over, uh, 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 beyond parenting way of really dealing with things. And, and I just want to address that very quickly so everyone understands that term because we're going to be using it a bit more, especially in the future during these podcasts, is that we have kind of modeled the world after the structure of parenting. And I'm coming here today to tell you that there is actually something even beyond the parents. Okay, and just to be very specific, in parenting, you often chastise the child because you don't want them doing certain things. Okay, this is the micromanager. 
This is the one that has kind of been put in direct management, but not necessarily the person who's in charge. Okay? And this is because they teach with a dualistic tool that is like, this is what I want you to do, this is what I don't want you to do. And that's all based on my experience, which is still limited to my experience, versus an overarch or a, ma a, 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 a macro, meaning a being that actually encases the entire thing and we're all inside of that, is completely aware of all of the stages that you're going to go through. And it's not feeling like you've done something wrong. Oh my goodness, she went the wrong way. I should have done better in raising her and all that. None of that goes on with this being because the being knows all the cycles, all the chemicals, how it was all created, what are all the stages, and what are all the variants. So truly, all this being is looking for is the next stage of your change. Not necessarily judging what kind of changes and things that you're making. Once again, hearkening back to the do what thou wilt. It is awareness that in the, the over the overarch, the, the bigger processing kinds of consciousness are not chastising you about the decisions that you're actually making, but actually know the decisions that you'll make based on your chemical makeup. Versus the parents are the ones micromanaging the experience and saying what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. So it's very important to understand the oscillations between the two. They both have a great importance, but one is somewhat finite while the other one is infinite. So we need to work towards even setting our, 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 our reach beyond that whole parenting good versus bad aspect that we keep doing to ourselves and start realizing the natural progressions of our growth and being comfortable with that. That way we can keep the body from going into a frenzy and, and being diseased. You know, you keep whipping the child and chastising the child. That child actually starts developing stigmas and issues. I'm not saying that you can't put in some form of discipline, but when you do it overkill, you often miss what results come from that 10, 15, 20 years later. This child can't speak directly to others that are that remind them of you. They can't look directly in the eyes of people when it's time to assert their position because you beat the crap out of them. So this is things that we now, especially as we bring things into balance, can start looking at and saying, okay, this is the result. And ultimately, you know, even though there's sometimes failures in this, that's what the human experience and existence is really about, is that we're all on the continuum. So you'll be able to look at somebody 80 that's been doing it all their life. And then you can go inside of that sanctum and then actually say, wow, that's definitely something that I'm going to adjust a bit more since I'm here at 20. And so when I end up at 80, I'm not experiencing those results. But if we're now like kicking the person down that's 80 that made those decisions and things, we're not realizing the purpose of each of these people. And that's why, or each, each of these forms of existence. And this is why Zoroastrianism as I've been mentioning a little bit lately, that it talks about that there are seven unchangeable things that are occurring in the cosmos, but they're only there for the changeable things to occur. So the, the unchangeable things function as a foundation to be able to support the things that bring change. But if you're in this point where you're just the unchangeable thing and you're scoffing at the things that change, or you're in the changeable mode and progressive mode and you're scoffing at the foundation, you're out of place because you're not actually realizing the benefits of both. And that's what it's about to activate the regenerative components of the brain, is that you stop even seeing the I-ness as the evil one. Oh, the ego is the bad one, blah, 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 blah. And never realizing how it's taking us through a constant stage of progression versus in the collective or in the everything and in the all, nothing actually changes in there. 
this is like when you look at the ancient, 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 ancient culture, change was not welcome. And this is often talked about three or 4,000 years ago in certain books that there was really no progression. Everybody just wanted to do the same thing. That's a part of the collective. And it has its benefits if we all agree to do the same thing. It gets done really fast. But it also has its drawbacks because we don't progress. We don't actually go anywhere. So you see how the cosmos is consisting using both of these forces, Wittershins and Diesels, Tauruses, all going both in the same direction versus for us, we can sometimes become polarized in one of those fields. We're representing, we're the character, we're holding the space, but ultimately, is that going to be our final destination? Is that going to be... Episode three, you played like five or six minutes of that one. Used in the middle of a point. Episode four, we're going 22 minutes in. Two poles, the two sides of the brain wrestling themselves, Cain and Abel, or Jacob down the ladder, the angel wrestling against the flesh, you know, and actually pull them apart and get them to begin to work together. Because if I don't, then I'm going to be locked in this forever and infinite entanglement, which should be, if anything is scary, it would be that. An infinite <laughs> entanglement of experiencing existence as a separate being only rather than separate, collective, but a synthesis, merge, which is a realization of when it's a time and a place to use each of those powers uh, for your benefit. So the first thing here that's a question is what age should a child start meditating and breathing, uh, the breathing techniques? And I'm going to not be as sarcastic today because I did see a few notes that say, well, you know, people are asking questions and you make fun of them and blah, blah, blah. And I totally <laughs> should be joking because I don't think that there's any such thing as a, a bad question. Um, also, I may have been in this for 10 years all my life or whatever, but some people may just be getting started. And so what I've done is I've lent myself to, you know, being available for those that are even just getting started on this. But I do like to keep it a little bit more interesting by shooting some comedy in there. But I will try to hurt, uh, uh, try not to hurt, excuse me, I will try to hurt your feelings. I will try not to hurt your feelings as much when questions are asked that seem kind of obvious, meaning that when questions are asked that actually answer themselves. So I think with this question, a, a child starts meditating and breathing already. It's really about whether we're taking that child out of the meditation and we're taking that child out of its ability to breathe. And what I mean by that is from the moment that the child comes out of the womb, truly, that is a very deep meditation that they're in. And there's oftentimes this quiet and stillness about the child. And of course, they're taking their breasts. Now, there is a stage of cognizance where they can start learning techniques. And that cognizance these days is actually happening earlier and earlier in life. Like my, even my daughter now, she's seven and she knows how to do lots of different things. And that's just because she hears about it all the time and so truly it's not only that like realizing when the child reaches the cognizance and you can start teaching the techniques but also doing things that will actually keep them from breaking what basically prevent doing things that break their meditations right like introducing things that will break their meditation and this could be you know very disturbing music you know, sometimes you want to get your music going on, you like it, you need the bass, you need the subs. Then you got this new baby, and this new baby's also being bombarded by all this. So that could be breaking that child's meditation, right? And then also with the breathing, it's of course showing by example, because what happens with children is they're into mimicry. That's also the memory and learning things. 
So if they constantly see you taking the deep breaths and engaging in the breaths, then it's natural for them to actually do that same thing. So it doesn't become something that you're actually teaching them per se. Uh, it becomes something that they continue to continuously do because you're encouraging that because they're watching you and seeing how you behave. There we go. Good stopping point. Secret Energy Podcast, episode five. We're going 39 minutes in, 39, five seconds. The Inus can often tell you, well, this is what I want to experience. (laughs) But if it's not the time or the place or the energy to experience that and you force yourself into it, you're going to be polarized. So instead of asking yourself, what is, is it that you would rather experience and that you would rather prefer, it's easier to ask yourself, how am I going to come into balance? Because when balance happens for you, anytime the pole shift is occurring for everyone else, it's not occurring for you. You're actually benefiting from the shifts that are taking place. So I trust that that should be very clear. The next question is, can you give some examples how the youth direction, territory, and numbers on the cosmic calendar on a daily basis? And of course, I actually just did that right now. You would view what is the day of the week, and then you would resonate, and and this is, of course, why we do this, and I guess I will answer a little bit more about what this question is pertaining to. Um, And it's basically that now that you know that this knowledge about what energy is coming across because we have the cosmic calendar here for you, why would you want to dial into the resonance of the day? Okay, and there's a few reasons here. One is variety, okay, and this is what you know, I was getting across even about the diet, which may come up today, may come up next week as far as some of the questions coming in about that. But basically that if you don't have a variety of things that you're experiencing, then you get polarized, your body gets polarized, and every single thing about how you're perceiving everything starts becoming from uh, becoming a, a product of that. So what you're consuming on all levels through all your holes, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, etc. If you're polarized and you're always consuming the same thing, then it actually gets you only seen through that lens. And this, it becomes again a gross error in the reality because to insist that everybody is seeing the world through the same lens is, you know, it's not gonna work out for you. And this is why many run into conflict versus if you're looking at every single day of the week and then you know the correspondences and you're changing it up, especially with the colors, you're changing it up with the incense and the essence and the smells, basically you're changing up the environment And also what you're doing, because we're constantly moving, is you're guiding your celestial boat into these different waters where you're going to have the experience that corresponds to those areas. And then when you leave, you'll leave with the gifts of those areas. So there'll never really be this thing like, well, I missed out on doing this, or I I don't know how to do that, or I wish I had a relationship with that none of that stuff will happen because you'll actually be in this full spectrum state of awareness. But if you wear black every day, or if you wear, or, or if you eat the same uh, substance every day, or burn the same herb every single day, what happens is, is that you're polarizing your environment, and then you don't have the variety to actually begin to interpret many of the things that are around you that are full spectrum. So that is the benefits of utilizing this knowledge. And 
how you use it is pretty self-explanatory. Like you can actually orientate things in a certain direction during certain days that may be a bit more complex. You obviously can choose to uh, make it a bit more easier with getting dressed in the morning because you can look at the colors of the day. You know, sometimes it's a real thing to try to get dressed in the morning. You're like, man, what should I wear? It's easy to go to the cosmic calendar and say, okay, I'm gonna ride with this energy. Why? Because then you'll be moving with the force of the energy that is coming across the cosmos. And when something tries to interrupt that, it gets power checked. Like it's like, it doesn't allow, uh, it's so powerful, it's like basically standing in the face, in this case of the sun, and trying to stop the sun from moving across the sky. It's not gonna happen. And that's what it would be like for others to, to come against that energy. But also it allows you to have a reference, if you may, of what decisions you should even be making. And in, in, in the day, you'll also get these clues. It'll be like, a long time ago, there was this video game that this light would appear. And you would have to have quick reflexes so that when the light appears, you go in that direction. And that was actually SpaceX, very old game. But the reality here is, is that if you are in tune with the reality or actuality, you'll see these different things that help you throughout the day in making decisions. So you could be in front of a decision and be like, just stuck, like, which one should I do? And then you'll notice that one of them is written in red ink. And let's say, for instance, it's Tuesday, which Tuesday's color is red and burgundy, etc. And so you would immediately think more that maybe this is the one that I should choose because it actually is into the resonance of today. And that's how it really works because the environment is constantly speaking to us and constantly resonates these vibrations. Now, this knowledge was also buried because there was an adamant uh, uh, action that continued to happen in the past with removing people off of the synchronicities of their life and how they really connect with the cosmos in order to get them out of balance. Because then once a being is out of balance, they not only don't have power, they also are easy to persuade and easy to manipulate. So this is uh, the purpose of the cosmic calendar and its use. The next question is, what is do what thou wilt? And I actually... Hell's Secret Energy Podcast, episode five. I've realized that going through four minutes of ten episodes is like 40 minutes. Minutes. And then I had more. But also, this has been like a whole month. So it's like, what's wrong with having a three-hour podcast? If only I could tell how long this podcast has been going. I started maybe around 9, 10, 11. This two, two and a half hours. We're still trucking. We got this. This is Secret Energy Podcast, episode 635 minutes in, 35 seconds. However, when someone, and as we're talking directly towards the family structure, when someone is not practicing those principles, they do actually pass that energy or that debt on to you. And in order to actually get balanced, and these are, again, words that are more relating to the financial structure, debt, balance, those kind of things, uh, current, those kind of things, then what you want to do is you want to look at your energy centers. You want to look at your overall consumption. This means from your mouth to your eyes to your ears, not just what you're eating, but also what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And you want to assess the quality and also the energetic content of what you're putting in. And what this does is it gives you more fuel, more current to balance out many of the decks. And also the decks do appear as disease. 
hereditary issues. So this is how you go directly at those kind of things and at least set the balance straight for those that are going to come in your family. They don't even necessarily have to be your own children, but people that are actually using that DNA within your family structure. You can actually begin to clean things up within yourself that do affect them. And that was actually another one of the questions today. And so I'll jump into that when we get to that space. But overall, even when we use terms like cut off, uh, it's kind of interesting because you can never really cut the cord that you have that threads us all to the sun. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, so what you can do, though, is you can actually put them on uh, timeout, meaning that it is more beneficial if you feel like that you cannot sustain yourself in that kind of atmosphere in that kind of environment to relocate and put yourself into another environment at least to have the chance to regroup and to rebuild who you are so this all is, is very basic stuff it's very basic fundamentals but it is very important that you cannot carry and assist others if you cannot hold yourself up and assist yourself and that seems like common sense uh, but common sense is not common. So beyond that also, there becomes the willingness to make that move. Obviously, there's an emotional um, struggle that we have at times with abandoning, because it feels like that, abandoning others and going on to our own growth in order to, to be able to have a joyous and happy life. But what I can assure you, especially from doing it myself, meaning removing myself from everybody that I was around, uh, especially in my previous life in the matrix in order to see new vistas and to reboot myself because the other thing is is that it's unfortunate that when you try to change and because day after day this change must take place and you must stay within the change you can often reset back to who you were before because someone is trying to see you through that lens meaning that even when you're trying to change they're egging you like oh man trust me that's not going to work i tried it before or you're not going to stick to that or you're the same old person especially if there's an argument they really try to throw those arrows which try to remind you of who you were in the past so it becomes difficult to move on from that and if you see that going on that is one of the most mature and adept moves that you can even make within this life is to have the energy to break away Go away for at least a week, at least two weeks to another country. Come to Costa Rica, sure not that far from the United States, and spend some time with yourself. Sometimes we always look to, to keep overstimulating ourselves or to keep finding something external to confirm our own existence. Let me go and find this person, or I'm going here to do that with these people, or I want to see what the clubs are like over there, or I'm trying to find me a wife, maybe I'll go there. And that, that's the same thing. You're actually not going to go anywhere and find something different with those kind of ideals. What you're really looking to do is to set yourself apart for a moment from all of the stimulus that you're receiving within your environment and then start gaining bearing, start being able to listen to yourself and then of course also be able to regenerate because those periods that you have away from all of the chaos and the confusion that you can experience in your normal environment, when that's moved away, you get a chance to see deeply within yourself. And nature is a great tool for doing that because it's a consistent reflection of who we truly are and it actually shows us how things operate in balance. So it's great to go somewhere where there's lots of nature to start that healing process. And I, I know I gave, a, I gave a long answer to this question, but this question actually centers around many of the questions that I didn't answer today uh, because they were all related really to this same thing about you know how to get oneself into the right level of financial abundance and, and how to start to metamorphosize the things around them, especially if it's really on a negative level. And you Episode 7.
53 minutes and 38 seconds. Explain kind of how this works. And I'm going to say this in this context of people studying spirituality, and, and which is the study of spirits, and metaphysics, okay? And that probably makes up pretty much everyone on this line, or else you just probably got dragged into a YouTube video that you didn't know anything about. So in this case, those who are practicing spirituality have probably been doing that for a decent segment of time right now. It could be 10 years, it could be five years, it could be your whole life, right? But generally how the process works, and this actually has to do with just being born on the planet, is first you start out in the first chimera, if you may, the first side of the consciousness that you start riding on is the material one. Okay, so you jump on the material horse. And people generally jump on this horse first because it's the one that produces the most vivid results. It's the one that you can actually see what you do and what it equals. So many people jump on the material horse and the material horse starts getting stronger. Okay, and when I say material, I'm not talking about materialistic. I'm talking about just that aspect of the consciousness that, hey, I need to go out and get a job. I, I, I love her. She's supposed to be with me. We're going to get married. So all of those things that just have to do with anything beyond the spiritual deeper subset and what goes on, goes on in itself, right? So you're riding this horse, right? And then a lot of people never got off that horse, right? They just kept going. Like they gained so much material wealth and strength, and, but they're spiritually defunct, okay? But in your life, generally what happens when you start riding the spiritual, I mean, the, the, this material horse, we're calling it, there comes a point where you get a wall, you fall off the horse. And then you start doing spirituality. You fall off the horse and you literally say, oh my goodness, I can't believe, you know, that this is happening in my life. You start reading certain books and things and then the books tell you that all of this is directly related to you not getting deeper into yourself, meditating, studying your spiritual side. So then you go and do that. Okay, so at this stage, what you've done is you've kind of abandoned this horse, you've left it, okay? Some even call that a betrayal, okay? Because now you're gonna move away from it. It exists, it is still there, but you're leaving. You're going to this spiritual thing. So now, you start cultivating the spiritual horse, right? Make it strong. And just like everybody else that doesn't realize the yin-yang nature of life, this thing can get so strong, it can easily destroy you like the material can. You get so disconnected, nobody even knows what you're talking about. It's like you're in a physical reality, you can't pay one bill, but you got all these words and all these ideas, it's because you left the horse that actually is responsible for manifesting all that stuff that the spiritual side is talking about and emitting and projecting, okay? Now, all this is with just cause because just like we said before, how are you gonna learn two totally different things at the same time? This is why since we've been deep into deep programming, the judgment codes and all that kind of stuff, people ask about archives, I give an answer. Here, hopefully this suffices you. Here's the answer about archons. Because if I get deep into what archons really are and how much archons have really done and what they've got going on and how they set up things, at the end of the conversation, you're gonna hate archons. And if the whole purpose of the lesson is to come into harmony, how are we going to actually teach about division and teach about harmony at the same time? That's what I was saying about the two horses. So life will ride you off on one of these horses and make you actually feel like the other one's not important. That's why material people don't think spirituality is important. They, they laugh at it. <laughs> Versus also, spiritual people don't think material reality is important. They laugh at it. Why? Because when you're trying to recover from something, you, you smoke cigarettes, right? And at every single moment you're thinking about cigarettes and you want to smoke a cigarette, you can eventually smoke a cigarette. Something has to happen where you hate cigarettes and you no longer believe that those are the way to go. So that's what would happen in this switch. You would go to spirituality and you would hate material reality and you would never believe that that was the way to go until 2020. Until you got to a certain level of adepthood to realize, oh, I need to get that other 
horse. Because that other horse was also the one that backed up most of these thoughts, most of these light codes and most of these words and brought them into physical reality. Now, of course, you're not going to bring back the same old decrepit being that actually was dooming you. You're going to actually now have the wisdom of the spiritual aspects of self to now guide this part of self. Remember, we're still connected. <laughs> to guide that part of self into the same strength. Remember, I told you these things are, they should run at equal measure. One should not be stronger than the other. They should be balanced. It's like, if you got one stronger horse and you're on this chariot, this horse is literally leading everything off to one side. This is why you don't want that. One horse can run really fast, the other horse is getting dragged. You don't want that. You want them running at the same speed. So now the wisdom and the mentorship of the spiritual side is now going to embrace the material chimera that was left behind that also feels a bit betrayed. Anytime you leave something, you betray it. And this is actually seen as a betrayal to self because that is a part of self. So now you pull up on him again. Hey, yeah, I know you as spiritual got an issue, but I got a whole nother way. Because remember, you're the arbitrator. You're the rider of the horse. So if you actually put yourself in the position of either of these beings, and it's not just to arbitrate and realize how you can bring balance, you're already in folly. You are a referee, black and white. So you're the one that is to, to groom these beings so that they can take you to where you need to go. So you pull up again. Hey, uh, uh, mental, uh, material side. Yeah, I know, I left you. And we used to have some great times, didn't we? But listen, for us to get to this next stage of manifesting what wisdom over here is already cooked up now that I've been hooking up with him for so long or her for so long, but we need this to happen, and we realize we can't make this happen without you. And the material said, I told you. I told you y'all was going to need me. What do we need to do? Well, of course, you can't go back to your same old things. We're going to upgrade you. And based on what we're going to grow from that, we all going to fly up out of here. Bet. Bet. We're going to get to it all then. And that's how it happens. That's what 2020 is about. Now, of course, that's not going to happen for everyone because, just like I said, when you abandon one side of the consciousness and you only hang out in one pole, this other pole you've now demonized in many ways. You've distorted in many ways. That's what I'm saying. When people remark about material reality, even though they eat, they drink, they love, they walk on the sand, they do all that, but then they're always saying, oh, the material world, and uh, it's nothing, and there's greater and higher things, but yet this is where they are, okay? So when you do that, <coughs> what happens is, is that it, it basically says over and over to the subconscious mind, because the subconscious mind doesn't like to have all these different categories. It just says that one's wrong, that one's bad, that one's evil, because those start to become synonymous in a person's consciousness. And they start seeing these weird ass dreams. This is what's happening with a lot of people. They start seeing these weird dreams. They see all these evil forces and entities entering the planet. And they're like, shit, it's gonna happen. And then they're all scared and afraid and all this is going on. And this is all coming from within. Okay, I want to talk about another example that we just had yesterday. Me and my brother Timothy was together. We was definitely building on some things about what we want to do with Tribe, especially coming into January around, in February around the festival time. And we were out on this waterfall. And this waterfall is easily, a, you know, 500, 500,000, 500 meter drop. Okay, you're going to die if you fall. And he was standing on the edge, you know, it's Timothy. So he does these kind of things. He was standing on the edge. And I was a bit nervous. And another person with me, I think it was Jeanette, she was a bit nervous. And somehow that nervousness was transferred to Timothy, possibly. I mean, like, he started feeling his legs getting a little shaky and weak, and a little rubbery, right? And he, you know, he's always introspective. So he goes, wow. He's like, I can kind of feel 
this energy that's kind of strange. I almost feel like I'm afraid to be on this edge. And I normally don't have that kind of fear. But I'm going to play with it. I'm going to breathe it in. It's odd. I need to get used to this, right? So this is typically, right? So later on that day, actually maybe let's say about an hour later, we're up on another ledge. And we're reflecting on what had just happened. And I talked to him about, like, that I had a scenario very similar to this, and I was encouraged to make sure that my, my ground is very strong, and that's kind of where the shakiness comes from. But I was even able to debug that by the reality that, let's say, for instance, if you're walking in that same area, and you're not on the ledge, are your legs rubbery? No. Why? Because the mind doesn't think you're on the ledge. It's only when you stand on the ledge that the legs become rubbery and weak. So this literally means, and this, you know, this is common sense, common sense ain't common. This literally means that the only way that we feel danger and that we feel anything is when we send the program to ourselves that that is what we're experiencing. Because otherwise, we're always carrying on with pretty much the same event and our mind is just saying, you're not on the ledge. <laughs> Do you get where I'm coming from? So everybody that has these negative, distorted, crazy predictions about 2020, it's because their minds are standing on the ledge. And they don't realize that they're still standing in the same space that they've always been standing. So if it's dangerous, well, you've always been in a dangerous space. If it's harmonic, well, you've always been in a harmonic space. But if you're just loading a program and responding from the program that you're loading, you need to actually recognize that's what you're doing. And now decide that since you have that same power to load and unload all these programs, I would suggest you figure out how to become a programmer and actually load the ones that are going to benefit you the most. And then, of course, get the wisdom of how to actually make those things happen. If you don't have both of the forces in balance, you do not get a balanced manifestation. And since this is literally 2020, it is telling us you can see clearly now if you choose to. You can get out of all of the mist because remember, when that side of self is neglected, it becomes the mist. Now, let me also show you how that works with people who are fake. That's why I said it's very important to be genuine. The society promotes fake people. When you're fake, what happens is, is that you say you're about one thing in front of everybody. Oh, I meditate. And, mm, mm. But then... When the doors close, you're cursing, you're pissed <laughs> off, you have problems, you, you're jealous, you're doing all this. That's, that is in itself what is called, that, that way that you're acting, that is called the dark art, okay? And the reason why it's called the dark art is not specifically based on what you're doing, but that you're hiding from everyone what you're doing. And then you're living a life that is actually seems to be one thing and then on your other life that you're keeping obscure from everyone, you're doing another. And this is tearing you betwixt. It's actually not allowing you to be who you truly are. You're not being real. You're not being genuine. Okay? Now, here's another thing, too. Because some are like, well, I just always want to be nice. And I always want to show people the best part of me. And I know I have all these problems. Let me tell you something. <laughs> because you may believe that that is going to get you ahead, but it's not. It's going to take you further back because the people that I see right now that are catalyzing whatever you could say about them, that's your opinion. But the people who are catalyzing millions of people, when I study what they're really saying, they're just brutally honest and they're very direct and they take lead because they feel empowered by what they're giving. They're not questioning what they're giving. And that's why if you 
have this double life that you're living that you haven't merged yet, you're never going to be solid truly about what you're really saying and what you're doing. People are going to hear that in your voice. It's going to come across in the frequency. It's not something that you're saying. It's going to come across in the frequency. They're going to, he doesn't even sound convinced of what he's even saying. And then that's going to, some people may be attracted to that, but it's not going to get you the, the, the level of growth and the level of, 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 of uh, I'm choosing my words carefully here, it's not going to get you to the goal that you're looking to complete with the big human scenario that we're going through right now with each of us helping each other get to the next stage by being real, okay? That's what I was talking about earlier. The uh, having the voice thing of the knowing what I was talking about. I can, I can, I can literally portray the the idea that I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Being hiding, doing the dark arts, but still not exactly. It's more of like a pole swing. I'm swinging pole between known and unknown, which is what I did in my comedy. Which, if you go back to further episodes, I've always explained this, going through the higher and the lower vibration. I'm an idiot. No, wait, I'm the smartest person in the room. Oh, wait, I'm just an idiot. Oh, wait, I'm the smartest. Oh, wait, I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's what makes funny for me. We're going to go to the next one, episode eight. We played a lot of episode seven because he was on a roll at that point. We're going an hour and 37 minutes into episode eight. Something, it's probably not gonna be over there. But if it was your dog, your cat, your mom, your uncle, the life form of any kind, all life exists in one space and never perishes. That's the reward. Okay, so I just want to make that very clear. That's why many people gravitate towards higher levels of consciousness when they lose something that is close to them because they want to know how to join that again. And unfortunately, there's so many religions, which is basically riggings on their fake Freemasonic ship. Religion means riggings on the ship. It's basically things that they use in order to get everybody on the slave ship. That's what religion is. So people get caught up in that trying to figure out where their lost loved ones are and they get lost in there. But truly, that being, who that being really is at their greatest essence, it's in that sushuna. It's through that gate. And that's how you reach it. That's the reward. Also remember that these organs are vital. That's why they have a statement. It's, a, it's an esoteric code. It says, I'm wandering through the desert and I'm just trying to tie my camel down. This is an esoteric code of entry. I'm wandering through the desert and I'm trying to tie my camel down. What that means is, is that if your camel runs off and you're in the desert, you're screwed. So some ask for help. It's an internal self. I'm in the desert and I need to tie my camel down. This means that I've lost control of my body and I need some assistance in getting this thing back under control. So you see all of these glands here 
When you eat the wrong stuff, all the intakes, this is what we're talking about, sight, hearing, taste, smell, touch, you reap what you sow. You're feeding these beasts, if you may. So either they, you flip, over, flip them over and ride them, or they ride you. Either you tell them what to do, or they tell you what to do. You are the Lord and the master of your own consciousness. You take the chief position. Okay? And what that means is, is that also with that responsibility, because some of you want to be the Lord and the master. Ah. They can't even take care of kids. <laughs> it's like to be the Lord and the master of self means you actually look at every single one of your organs and are like, how you doing today? Oh man, I guess that cheesecake didn't do you too well last night, did it? Alright, let me get you some enzyme. We're gonna stop this. We're gonna work on this together. And you start calling your kingdom. Hey, is there any complaints? Little Toe is like, yeah, you know, when you hit me against the door, I never heal. Okay, for that, I need some magnesium cream. Alright, we'll get you some magnesium cream down there. And then that's why they show that that more that 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 image of Moses having to actually solve all the little petty situations that was going on inside the tribe. What that means is that all these little situations that are going on that you let get off balance inside of yourself, you're still going to have to be the Moses, the MSS, the Messiah, if you may, over yourself, the Lord and the master of your own creation to go back in as the king, a good king, a good king, a good queen, and actually take care of your citizens. That's what this is about. It doesn't have to do with anything going on external. It's about, if, did you let bacteria and pathogens overrun your entire temple? Did you leave out of the body because you didn't want to be here anymore thinking you were going to go somewhere in balance beside where you already were, which was in balance, and then came back and now a, a damn golem is sitting over there in the corner, and now you're encouraging everybody else to follow this fool somewhere, and he's lost himself, your blind shed sackless. That's, that's not going to work out. So you got to go back in yourself because you have that power. Take a technique and just touch every single part of your body and see how impatient you start getting and what you forget. From head to toe, just take time today to touch every single part of your body. Every single part, all the way from the bottom, all the way to the top, to the crown. And see how the mind starts saying, come on, man, we got to go somewhere. Come on, man, that's stupid. Come on, man. <laughs> and then you just even forget about a whole part. I forgot my, my knee and my, you know, all your joints. Like what I do is I even, I take the, the uh, magnesium cream and I put a little bit on all of the joints because the joints need all of that. Because there's this myth when you're younger. Oh, I don't need any of that. I'm strong. Well, stay strong, man. Why break it? If you're actually maintained, do you run the car with no oil? <laughs> don't worry. It's a new car. Come on, man. Where's the logic in that? That's why I say we're being instructed by fools. Fools have said, oh, you're young. You don't need any of that. You're producing on your own. No, you maintain the machine. It's a yantra. It's a machine. And when it runs on autopilot, it makes it really easy for you to leave out of it. That's what many of those higher level of techniques are about, is how to put the body on autopilot. Like I was saying, you found that out in the book, the, the, Dr. the Bishop Kanko and the Devil, or whatever the book is called, but it explains very directly that many of the entities that are a bit more nefarious live in the ocean. And when you're going to visit them, they part the water for you. And one of their beings, which is predominantly ethereal, goes into your body, and you're snatched out of your body and taken down into the ocean in order to commune and talk and get the orders of what they want you and need you to do. Okay? 
bishop can't go in the witch doctor, okay? Now, instead of harping on all of that, the details, that's what I'm here for, the details. Oh, okay, so the body can't really live without the spirit. No, it cannot. It goes cold. It is like the moon. It'll be cold. It cannot heat itself, okay? So when this happens, the yantra, which is what meditation and what yoga is really about, when you perform the proper rites, it goes on autopilot. You may see this thing in there doing namaskar. For those who know the suicide salutation, this thing doing namaskar, and I'm out of the body. And when it's keeping itself warm with the sun salutation, right? And it'll stay there on autopilot while I'm off somewhere else with my, with my other body doing other things. And what can seem like five minutes over here is like five parsecs over there. Just like the dream world. The dream world is when both of those parts of your consciousness are actually trying to come into balance the most. The sun and the moon is trying to come into balance the most. But you see how chaotic it is. That power of you being able to see the dream is because the body is no longer functioning. You put it to sleep. Okay? And it's still on autopilot, and now you're traveling. But that's what I was saying about the training. If the mind is still chaotic, the mind is still imbalanced, then the dreams are demonic or over-pleasure, too much pleasure. Too much pleasure or too much pain. This is, But the body is still on autopilot, so you're able to travel. So what this is really talking about, what these arts and teachings are really about, this sun and moon occultism, if you may, is it's about learning how to balance out the consciousness like you're lucid. Right now, the front door is what we call it. Then when you balance it out, you leave. And then the body sits there doing some rock hops or, or sun salutations or full lotus or whatever it wants to do. And then when you come back, you just right into it, and then you keep moving, and you can actually get back in it. Also, there is station around it because we have these different aspects of our organs. One of them is a cherub. I call it the brass ring. This is a field that circumambulates around the body when you're gone to make sure if any other crepit, decrepit creature that wants to utilize the vessel learns, don't touch the Ferrari, my guy. <laughs> I will lop your head off, meaning that this is like alarm on this thing. Protected by Viper, stand back. <laughs> That's seriously how that works with the machine and being able to go into advanced state of consciousness while still remaining grounded and protected here in this plane. So let us keep going. Episode 8 Secret Energy Podcast Episode 9 is Amazing I'm going to try not to play too much of Episode 9 But it is one of the best Most Impactful Thought driven defining episodes that the people and the beings that are around oh we're starting a an hour 54 minutes in that we've been together in some way shape or form before something was going on at another stage 
And now, here we are, and all of these scenarios are presenting themselves. We don't know who we are, all this stuff is going on, blah, blah, blah. So I collapse all of that into a synthesis, and then come into realizing that these cycles that we're going through, like even this one right now, everybody that was with me, everybody that heard and listened, etc., connected, all the people I connect to, people connect to me, etc. When this one closes, that will be a star. Okay? That will be a chakra. Okay? Because everybody's memories and everything that we did and everything that we experienced, even stuff that we didn't even see from the other angles and the other ways of perception, is all going somewhere. This is what I keep trying to get everybody to realize because if you don't realize this, then what I'm telling, going to say next to you don't, won't make any sense. But when you do realize this, you realize, okay, so everything's coalesced together. And then when it wraps, because it's important that you understand the end and the beginning of anything finite has an end and the beginning. So no matter how long you may think it's been here, there was a beginning and an end versus the, the all, there is no, it's immovable. So there's no ends and beginnings and all that kind of stuff. So you can start asking the big, real quest, questions to your consciousness and then you'll spit out the answer. So one of the answers is very directly that when we close this session, this level of brightness in which we achieve, we will be known for. And I'm not going to be known throughout the cosmos as a being that did not take the lessons that I was given. Not try to sometimes even try to figure it out. There's already enough that you know, and you just haven't made certain decisions about what you need to actually do about it. And that's why you, li you listen to more stuff, because then it kind of convinces you to do things more. This is why they also say that spiritual experiences, the real ones, are the ones that sometimes make people do things more. Because that divided, fractured side of yourself that I was talking about earlier, what happens is, is that part of you is, I shouldn't even draw a damn <laughs> Let's say here, it's like our own little, little system here. Then we got the big one. And then we have the totality, okay? So what will happen is, is that this will get swallowed up into this, and then will get swallowed up into this. If you learn how to bring your system in balance. And in this state of consciousness and awareness, this is where you want, this is what you want to reach. This is, if you said protection, if you said wealth, riches, if you said any of those kind of things, that's why this is called the sevenfold spirit, ninefold spirit, or whatever. Because it's basically saying this in this totality, this is where you will, this is where you'll be going, this is where you'll be protected, this is where you'll be safe. Okay? So to build that for yourself, because it's all up to you, you only need to take what I'm saying today, start realizing how that all applies to you, and then also look into reality and say, well, everything that we've all done here, that's all written somewhere. And I know I, that's, that's the whole thing about the divided character. It doesn't want people looking into this personal life. It doesn't want to ever think about the idea that someone is able to or something will be able to replay your life like it's a DVD or something and watch it in 360 degrees from all angles. 
when you're in your frail, broken self, right? And this is subconsciously what is weighing on human beings and keeping them in this fake, divided mode with each other. And this hampers, if you ever talk to or seen real people who have talent that actually play instruments and these kinds of things, we all have talent, but when they unlock that talent, it's always because they're just wide open, so wide open that they're able to tap into other things. They're not thinking about, is he staring at me playing a guitar? Did he hear me play the note bad? I just shot that brick. Did they see me and feel that they were mad at me because I shot that brick? That can't go on. And the only haven, that's a meditation, the only haven you have away from that, or let me watch the word. I guess that technically would be a haven if the, the broader thing is so much more beyond this, but I do want to put everything into the proper context of this word. If you are looking for the space in your consciousness, this is a good diagram to know. If you want to know where you can take refuge, and I'm bringing this up because this part of you is so weak. This divided fake you that keeps being loaded every day because of the groove. It cannot really withstand what's to come. This is not just a warning. It's a gift to know this. The divided consciousness will not be able to withstand. It will need a refuge. It will try to find a God. That's what external people are going to do. They're going to try to find a God. And I'm going to explain to you how it's, it's here already. And it's about to reveal itself. I also want to say that in the cryptic codes, because Solomon died today, Solomon, or not today, but a few days ago, symbolically, What's happening is, is that, remember, there were many demons or daemons. The third, Solomon actually, as a metaphor, as a being, remember, that's Solomon's temple, so it's big stuff that I don't want to get into now. That's another show. That's like Orion and the Giants and all this kind of stuff. But this particular being, creation, force, form, enslaved other beings to build its world, okay? So just like, you know, it happened in, in Kemet. It happened in Rome. It happened in the Inca and the Mayan territories. It happened in Kandy and in, in, in uh, Persia. It happened everywhere. Miss power management. Look, all this power and all this force and we're paying for power? <laughs> There's an ocean wave that comes through so strong. If you just put a propeller or something there and let that thing wipe that and then run a cable from it, I'm not a dummy here. I don't gotta be like some kind of uh, 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 rocket scientist, nuclear genius to figure out that if we're still paying for power, that is the force that is controlling. So first of all, if we stop paying for power by sustaining ourselves, that's a, that's, I'm giving you some solutions. That's a level up, right? Like that changes your vibrational frequency. If you also stop depending on, let's say, the gratification and the way you feel when somebody does hit the like button or when someone does do certain things that, oh, that's a very nice painting, very nice drawing. 
any of that stuff. If you start sending that energy into your own collective and say, great, you know, we're still moving with this, we're staying balanced, and stop holding and, and, and internalizing and shrouding out, I'm just giving you some actions here because I don't want to come in here with a conversation and then you don't have techniques to be able to start applying in your life every day to get you through this, or else I would just be a vain reciter. I would even be a problem. Somebody come in here waking you up out of your sleep, telling you what you're really in, and then doing that without giving you solutions to actually do something about it. That's why I spent the last decade working on solutions. Well, what about my money? What, if, what about this? What if I'm not famous already? What if I'm still damaged? What if I don't like, and all I've been doing is running around creating, this is what you would do with this. This is what you would do with this. And then now, personally, as a being, I have to move on. And I move on from doing the podcast. That was episode nine. This is episode 10. 37 minutes in. From, with the number 34, add the number four. So this is 34 plus four. Going through the days of the week. Seven. And what do you get? So this would be. 1 plus 2 plus 9 plus 5 plus 3 plus 6 plus 8 plus 4 plus 7. What do you get? And I'll let that breathe for a minute for my mathematicians. <laughs> so obviously, from that, and I'm just going to wait for that first text so I can even see what the lag is on the chat over here. Let me get the four minutes. All right, so... Uh, all right, so yeah, I guess the lag on the chat is even more than I expected. So, so there it is. Okay, 45, all right? So, and then 4 plus 5 is what? It's 9. So that gives you 9 numbers. So do you see here also, well, before I get into that, so what you see here is you see mathematic perfection. But you see it actually in a clear way because, yeah, some say it's Fibonacci. Some say it's the golden ratio. It's going to mean. But if you flunked out of math, all of that is like, oh, oh shit, fractions, no. Algebra, no. <laughs> right? So this is just a very practical way of understanding that there is archetypes. Don't use this for like you're trying to add up math and money, but there are archetypes with the creation that allow the creation to be perfect. The perfect nine. Now, nine has these weird phenomena with it, which you're already aware of, right? So anything that you times by nine equals uh, derivative of nine, right? So nine times two is 18, one plus eight is nine, right? Nine times three is 27, nine, uh, uh, two plus seven is nine, right? So you've seen that phenomenon. Nine times nine is 81, eight, eight plus one is nine. But another phenomenon that's actually missed is actually what happens to numbers when you add any number from one to nine, when you add nine to it, it reflects itself. So as an example, nine plus three, right, is 12. One plus two is three. Nine plus four is what? 13. One plus three is four, okay? So energetically, this is what ancient knowledge is really about is that you feel this you get this essence like okay well you're saying that this power mirrors back anything that comes to it 
So it's almost like being, it's almost like it can turn you back anyway in addition that it can make you only see yourself when you're working with the addition side of it. So this is when you go into, I'll call this the guided meditation with yourself. This means that you're literally just, you know, you're there and you're thinking about some stuff and this stuff is taking you in deeper. This is the kind of the guided meditation. It's not meditation, like it's the guided meditation. The meditation, you're not doing anything. It is so difficult to really meditate. And I'm saying it's difficult as not trying to put a hurdle or a stumbling block in front of you, but not to, uh, to allow meditation to be what it truly is, to hit the medium or the center space of self. You cannot be doing anything. The mind must be still. And when you think of Tibetan masters, Dojin masters, Bodhisattvas, and all of that, all they've done is been able to achieve this state. But it shouldn't be seen as a light matter, meaning that's something that is so easy to do. To make your mind still and not even ask you the question, are you, did you not think? Or are we okay? You know, it, 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 I'm, I'm ready to get up, my leg hurts, or I think the music's turned off, I don't like that track. Is he done yet? All of those different things that go on and meditate that in, in, in our process of trying to reach meditation are, is not meditation. But then the guided meditation, which we've become very fond of, is when someone is talking or even your mind is talking and you're trying to get into a deeper aspect of yourself. Okay, So utilizing numbers and understanding their planetary uh, um, archetypical natures and then connecting that in with your body, which it is already there, opens up a real world for you of some facts because this doesn't allow you to lean on others' understanding. You can lean on your own. All right? So, that was episode 10. All right. So, episode 11, 33 minutes in. There's something going on that hasn't been cleared that manifests as pain inside the body because there are also antennas. Each family member is carrying the DNA. And so when something is going on with them, there's a, there's a fraction of that that affects us, okay? And we discussed this a bit when we start talking about hereditary situation and why when you birth a child, a child has so many different traits that, you get, that it gets from you, even how you hold your hip, how you blink your eye, and how you may do certain things at night. All of that passes on. So this is the DNA that we're referring to. I'm just bringing everyone into this step-by-step -step process and realizing nothing that I'm talking about today is outside of the scope of general common sense and awareness, okay? Like the big stuff that may take time to really crunch and figure out, that stuff has even to do with elements, new, new uh, tachyons, zero-point fields, opening up portals, the webs around the body, interacting with hyperspace. That's the kind of stuff that is outside of that this is the common sense. This stuff I'm talking about right now is the common sense, but common sense ain't common. I can definitely say there are times in my life where I went completely oblivious to what I'm explaining to you right now. And I even allowed gaps to happen between me and my family members that even exposed them at times to certain things that possibly I could prevent, all because of some type of lack of awareness of us realizing the process that all of us are going through. Okay, and again, I, I don't wanna keep repeating here, but remember, most are in makeup. Even family members are in makeup, pretending like they've achieved something or that they're really a certain way and really they just got hurt. 
And then now that pain is actually manifesting through the entire family. And this is why you can actually see entire families just be holding each other back, even though that they would be their best allies to actually get things together because there is a reason why they are closely related to you. And you did have other times with them. But it actually lets us see a lot of what those times have been about if this family is quarreling. Okay? So now what you're seeing here is you're seeing that if I wanted to draw out my ancestors, I can do that in symbols. Now remember, these ancestors are everybody's ancestors. That's why I said you can't take your family. And there's more. Why every single family, especially this is this is the structure of division, by the way. So when every family member insists that they are the only family member or the one that should be counted and the chosen family members and all of that, then somebody else's history or history gets etched out. That's what I was saying. Like right now, you got them completely rewriting history constantly because somebody wants to change whether they had a pimple on their face or whether they were male or female back then or whether it was their ancestors that stole the bag or somebody else's ancestors. And this is the whole thing. And this is also even subconsciously what we're doing on the earth with all of the family members when we start trying to blame something on somebody that we don't even know the story to in the first place. Okay? But so just get the wisdom is what I'm saying. You go into division, judgments, and quarrels, you miss the obvious, and then again, you lose the common sense. So now you see the structure. So you now you know the purpose of symbols. And what I just want to bring for future reference here, why this is up on the screen, uh, in relation to the Babylonian gods, if you see all the way on the right, it should be the right of your screen, because I have something that I've been working on in relation to the entire mythos of the Sumerians uh, and the commitments of life, but it's so massive, I've been still working to synthesize it before I actually come in, Y-H-D-H-Dow, Tetragrammaton production style, like bringing it down to that level, uh, because it's so immense. The drama in history is huge, and there's been a lot of us. This is another thing that we sometimes want to see these like one families or, or five or six of them, a group of them, but there's just billions of us, literally. So at minimum, you have at least one million, what you would say is high gods, <laughs> like you know, already close enough to when the essence of who we truly are was fully known on the planet and just rolling around like that and using those powers and abilities, projecting that. Episode 11. If we don't see that we're stepping on the cat's tail, not only are we going to continue to stand on it, we're also going to tell ourselves the story that the cat is insane because it's screaming. Oh, Teal Swan, I want to get someone to see the truth. First, dissolve their resistance to seeing what the truth. What people don't see is that they are fighting against resistance. This is something we're all trained to do. We meet opposition with equal or greater opposition. We bulldoze it or continue to try to bypass it. Anything but try to resolve it directly. When we do this, we don't get that fighting against resistance is resisting resistance, which will, of course, never work. All resistance really is, by the way, is opposition. But it serves as a shield that makes it so we can never fully be in a relationship to whatever's behind the shield. I'm going to give you a bold rule of thumb today. Is that if somebody is in resistance to something, immediately drop whatever your original aim was and focus instead entirely on the resistance that they hold. This is how to be productive. Too swan. No forced effort to do. And it takes much less time to do it as well. 
if you really don't have intrinsic motivation or natural inspiration to do something, I think it's about time to question why you're dedicating so much of your time and your energy and your resources to something you don't find naturally satisfying. In other words, it's time to reevaluate your life. Two, if you aren't automatically intrinsically motivated towards something, but you're still completely committed to dedicating your time and energy and resources to it, I'm going to give you a tiny bit of a hack. Yes. What you're going to do is you're going to find something that does intrinsically motivate you within the thing that doesn't motivate you at all. I can't see. For example, it's imagine if someone's totally unmotivated to help others, but this person loves problem solving. If someone in their life has a problem, they can set the intention of honing their skill of problem solving in general, and suddenly they will feel motivated to do it. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Priceless Motivation Tip. Find the self-serving motive. Three, act on inspiration immediately. This is one of the biggest mistakes that people make. They think that when they come up with something that inspires them, they have time to act on it. You actually don't. When it comes to this inspiration that rises within you that we could consider the forerunner for intrinsic motivation, it functions a lot like surfing. Those of you who have ever surfed or have seen somebody surf know that there's a very limited amount of time you have to get on that wave. This means act immediately. Don't say, oh, I'm going to do that in an hour, I'm going to do that tomorrow, or I'll do it someday. You want to take action the second that something happens. I'm talking seconds to minutes is all you've got to take your first action step. The suffer so I can feel loved relationship the dynamic. World believe that to love something is to have intense positive feeling towards that thing. But in fact, that's more of a byproduct, or can be, I should say, more of a byproduct of love. To love is quite simple. It is to consciously choose to take something as part of yourself. If you take something as a part of you, you do not perceive yourself to be separate from that thing, and so you can perceive it fully. And you seriously take its best interests into account. To understand more about this, watch my video titled How to Create a Safe Relationship. If you take something as a part of you, you can't hurt that thing without hurting yourself. The reality is that the vast majority of people did not have adult caregivers in their childhood who actually did this with them. They expected, in fact, that person, the child, to sacrifice their own best interests for their sake. A better way of saying Baby in the bathwater pattern. Pattern that keeps you both losing and starving. As a result, the company fires him instead of keeping him on for his skills while finding ways to minimize or mitigate the impact of his flaw on his fellow employees. A woman has a very close friend for years. Despite that friend having proven her loyalty and value, when they have minor conflict over the difference of opinion, this woman ends the friendship. A teacher is full of all kinds of amazing information. The student perceives him to be off-base when it comes to one or two of his teachings, and as a result, the student begins to doubt all of his teachings and decides to not learn from him or listen to him anymore. A couple had a four-year relationship. During that time, they both gained a lot. But when they break up, they devalue the relationship and each other in entirety and say it was a waste of four years of their life. But here's a little thing that most people don't know. This pattern doesn't just cause us to lose valuable things in our life. It also makes it so that we don't take them in or consider them or use them as resources to begin with. This aspect of this pattern is actually what causes us to unintentionally starve ourselves. So you can understand this flip side of the coin in this particular pattern. I'm going to give you some more examples. A company is in the process of hiring a new manager. 
they're looking at hiring a person who is overqualified, in fact, for the job and has incredible leadership skills. However, this is a person who is deaf. The company is worried that the employees aren't going to take this person seriously and their leadership skills seriously because of the fact that he mispronounces his words sometimes when he speaks. So they don't hire him in the first place. A woman is dating a man. He's affectionate, he's devoted, and this is, quite frankly, on these dates, the best time she's ever had with a man. Except for one thing. This man is still friends with his ex-girlfriend. And his refusal to get rid of that relationship and do away with it makes her super, super insecure. Because of this, she decides not to commit to a long-term relationship with him. A man needs friendship badly. Every person he meets seems to meet some of his criteria for friendship, but not others. For example, one person is super fun to hang out with, but flaky. The other is incredible at having deep, reflective conversation, but isn't particularly helpful when he needs her to actually lend a hand. The other is super helpful, but dumb as a stump. Instead of simply valuing them for what each is good at, and going to one versus another when he has a specific need, he writes them all off and says he has no friends. I'm going to give you one more example. It's an example of another way that we starve ourselves, or play out this pattern, but that most people wouldn't catch. Why do you imagine that a woman has a friend? And that friend is complimenting her, a lot, in fact. But that friend decides one day to give her a piece of negative feedback about something that's not particularly up to par about her. Based off of that one comment, she decides that every positive thing that friend has ever said to her is a lie. It's almost like she's vomiting up all of the good stuff that she has been given and throwing it out. Like all of it was disqualified. And not only that, any further compliment this woman says, she decides not to trust. Baby, I want to war, freedom, connection, split with humanity. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Personal Boundaries versus Oneness, How to Develop Healthy Boundaries. Well, let's say that this overall societal belief that a child is meant to be molded exists as a kind of sliding scale. And everybody's parents, all the adults in society, fall somewhere on this scale. This means that to differing degrees of severity, we are trained the following. That in order to have closeness or connection with the social group, with the people that matter more to us, by the way, this is so critical, you have to understand the following. Human beings, a physical human, their need for connection and closeness with a social group is survival. It is actually a more important need for a physical human than food or water because closeness with the social group was the way that it got food and water. We are, after all, relationally dependent for a big part of our lives, if not all of it. So our number one need which is to be close and connected, we are trained, is conditional upon us giving up ourselves, or at the very least, parts of ourselves. In other words, we must abandon or let go of or betray our own thoughts, interests, feelings, needs, wants, preferences, and best interests. To have them, we can't have ourselves at the same time. This becomes the only context through which we understand social relationships. This means that we start to associate connection, that thing we desperately need, with things like self-sacrifice, with things like obligation, with duty, with being controlled, with losing our sense of self, with imprisonment, 
Oh, I forgot to mention one, which I have to add. The constant effort of inauthenticity. This is actually the origin of the belief in me versus them. So does this mean that this really is the reality of our social relationships? No, but we've been trained into it. So you can understand this split inside yourself deeper, I want you to take a look at both sides of this split. We're going to begin with a part of you that is completely committed to connection. The part of you that is completely committed to connection understands intimately that so many of your needs, physical, mental, and emotional, are in fact dependent upon connection with other people, connection with other things. It's not the one that carries the pain inherent in connection. The other one does. It's the one that carries the pain of the lack of it, which is that absolute starvation of isolation and loneliness. If this part of self, the one that is committed to connection, can't get enough connection through people, it's going to orient itself towards other things, things like animals, food, objects, literally anything it can find connection with. This is not an aspect of self that is guarded. It's an aspect of self that is open and constantly bidding for connection. This part holds the universal truth of interdependence, that it is connected to everything. It understands that it has to be attuned to other people and beings, and that aloneness is the result of not considering others. It's at this point we have to look at the downside of this part. The downside of this part is is a complete codependent. I mean, complete codependent. This part, will resort to all kinds of coping mechanisms if the threat of loss of connection is ever on the table. And these coping mechanisms are pretty freaking extreme. It will not acknowledge anything that threatens its sense of closeness. This includes incompatibility. For this reason, it often suffers from denial and enables dysfunctional behavior and gaslights itself and others. This is the part that's always going to tell the story in favor of the positive. For example, Let's say that dad came home and is blackout drunk. This is the part that's gonna say, well, you know, he's had a really stressful month at work. This is the part of us that will abandon self immediately if it ever risks loss of connection. It's gonna self-sacrifice instantaneously and not even register it as a self-sacrifice because to this part, it really isn't. This part's number one personal self-centered motive is connection. It's willing to sacrifice anything really interested in any type of methodology which will lead it into more and more and more independence from anything and anyone. On the flip side, this part, because of all of this pain that it has so obviously suffered, both for myself and them, but it hates this, so it says no to being responsible for other people. When you have an early childhood experience that bringing parts of your truth into the table get you rejected, it can kind of feel like relationships are fragile. Another feeling that I think is normal for this part of self is to feel like in relationships you're surrounded by like an electric fence. You go left, you get shocked. You go front, you get shocked. You go back, you get shocked. And so this creates this feeling like relationships are like a Fabergé egg. Not only are they so fragile that absolutely anything could crush them, but once they get crushed, there's no such thing as repair because there's no possible way you can reconstruct all of the pieces. This part holds the pain of constantly being suppressed. It's conscious that if you have to change yourself to gain love and closeness, you're not actually close and you're not actually loved. 
This part is also conscious of the extreme pressure of everyone's needs of it. It sees its existence as a never-ending toil of being used by people. It doesn't feel like a person, it feels like a tool to be used. And it hates this. <laughs> Responsibility is a huge pressure belonging to this part. This part of you believes, I have to be responsible for myself and them. But it hates this, so it says no to being responsible for other people. Way it says yes to being responsible for itself is because it actually wants to find a way to meet all of its needs itself and not have to depend on anyone at all. This desire of this part, because of being so hurt by people, to not depend on anyone for anything, to be completely independent, responsible for only itself, is actually the real reason, the shadow reason, why it's interested in self-development and spirituality. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it's really interested in any type of methodology which will lead it into more and more and more independence from anything and anyone. On the flip side, this part, because of all of this pain that it has so obviously suffered at the hands of connection, it's not in denial. It already sees itself as incredibly alone and also in pain. So because of this, it doesn't really risk what the other one risks by becoming aware of reality. Therefore, this is the one that's going to be the most on board with shadow work. <laughs> this is also the part looking for answers, because it's incredibly powerless to knowing the answer to remedy the painful way it is in relationships. Another thing that's interesting about this part of you is that it doesn't bid. What I mean by bid is there's ways to kind of pull for connection or to do things so that you get connection. It doesn't do this. It tends to be pretty aloof and avoidant. Because if it bids, all of a sudden the power is in the other person's hands to respond or not respond to that bid. And the one thing that this part wants to do is avoid anyone else being in control, like literally ever. Having complete control over everything is the only way that it sees that it's going to live a life without pain. The only way that it can achieve feel-good anything. Because of this, there is one way that this part stays safe in relationship, and that's transaction. When a relationship is clear and transactional, all of a sudden that's safe. This part red car, and that's what they were looking for, and ten seconds later it starts chipping and it's a blue car, do you think they're going to have the same attitude towards that car? No. This is the same way that your partners feel with you. That's not what they got into the relationship for. So expecting them to unconditionally love you when you do that little shifteroo on them is not particularly fair. Obviously at this point, this relationship starts to become one of conflict. It starts to become one where all that is obvious is all the incompatibilities that were never seen in the first place because they were never presented in the first place. This is where ruptures start to happen on the daily in a relationship. And both partners are going, what the hell happened to my perfect relationship. You can see this split that we've been talking about very clearly in yourself. Anytime you feel like you have to choose connection, closeness, or social harmony versus your own best interests. Okay. Boom, the connection versus the split. The last video, the key to ancient and modern occultism, this is from 2012. 26 minutes Once in. people realize what's happening and then they their minds start to to reason because they're reasoning beings then everything starts to free up here you'll see it 
So what happens is, is that Mr. IHS is actually backing. So all the orgiistic rights and the serpent rights and all that stuff were rolled underneath of the church. Now let's start over really quick here because I've got to get a clear board to be able to explain to you guys how all this starts to play out because now there's this one side who thinks that they're good. And they've been given some of the mysteries and things like that, and they keep their star like this, of course. And then there's this other side who's the secret one, right? And this other secret side does, is like a shadow. It never allows the other ones to even know that it exists, except for the ones that go completely all the way. This is like a fanatic. Now, here we get the cult of the entity known as Baphomet. Now, anyone who's involved with this code is already a cypherist and a coder, okay? So there's nothing about this name that really means anything unless you understand how to decode words. The secret to decoding Baphomet was Tim Oath, Ob, which is his name backwards. Tim is, of course, the Knight, the, the Knight Templar's god. Some people think the word temple is just there. It's Tim, temptation. Tim is the actual entity, but you know we'll get into that later. Oak means snake, father. Ab means father. So to them, this became wisdom. That is, Baphomet means wisdom. It's because these particular, it, these particular people who believed in the system were getting their knowledge from the serpent's father, who became known also as El. Okay, and then his children became known as Elohim. Okay, now, now we have to talk about the Elohim and the Elohim situations because a lot of what you're seeing in Egypt has everything to do with the Elohim. And this is why you get this strange occurrence, which is uh, how the cat came into existence. So somebody was like, wait a minute, did you skip something? Let me, can you tell me how all this connects? So let me, um, some people look for the genetic experiment because they're so ex external. They look for this laboratory that these ancient people had and that they were going Skipping to- Skipping 45 uh, minutes in. Uh, I have this laboratory and beakers and genes and stuff there. And that's how the ancient people were mixing up different kinds of human beings. That's not what they were doing. What they were doing is hidden within the, the word tan. Tan, which is also the root of the word tantric, is what is the word that is used to mean absorbing the energy of another being. This is why when, when people go out to tan now in the sun, they absorb the energy of the sun and then they become darker in skin tone. So you can understand the color of the sun. So what happens is, is that tan, in its real sense, was something that became known as tantrix. Because remember, grab my pen here. The tantric thing was really going on in Baphomet's cult of Elohim, electric gods and serpents and snakes and wombs and vesicas and vaginas and, and phallic symbols and all sorts of stuff was in the earth cult. This is why the earth people became like incessantly in, in um, incessantly immoral at a certain point. It, they say it got to a certain degree that 
all were enveloped by this energy. Even walking into areas such as churches where this energy was going, you would immediately go into this trance, or what they call bath. Okay? And this is the root to this word. Let me go ahead and erase the board. Everyone's seen that. The root to the word bath is what would occur if you walked into one of these buildings and they were throwing Shekinah around and uh, you happen to be in there because these are real energies. They've been bringing them up for a long time. Many of our loved ones are still in it. The bath. Bath means to die, but not to die like death, or does it really mean that? <laughs> because die, let me just give you all the variations of this really quick. Okay. That's enough for now. So bath meant to die, and what that means is, is it's a bath. Because people who went through this process of what they call baptism, changed. When they would, when they were like on the outside, they were one person, but then when they went in and took the bath, or when they later on became known as uh, Sophia, then they were changed, okay? now. There will be multiple arguments about this forever. And this is why this became, this Baphomet became known as the Antichrist, because they said that once this knowledge of where this internet, where is the internet, where is the, exactly, the internet and the rest of all these other energies, the false ones were really coming from, then it would bring the end of Christ's error. That's why I would call the Antichrist, because it was going to explain the things of what the Christ and the Christians were really involved in, whether they knew it or not. So this bath for baptism, some people will argue that it did it a lot, first a lot better. Some people say it did it a lot worse. Now they're a fanatic. But just in general, so everyone can get over this, to understand that if you don't have the information of who you are and what you are, because someone is telling you that you don't need that, it's going to equal repeat, meaning that you're going to come once again to a world behaving as if you don't know what's going on because your last guide that you thought the blind one was leading you and did not really give you any truth. And because truth is the only thing that survives the wormhole, truth is the only thing that can survive the zero point field because truth will always hold. The truth is an anchor. So if you anchor yourself in truth, then you don't have to worry about anything. But you, if you anchor yourself in falsehood, which is basically that you, someone else can die for you, because remember, all this whole bath cult is telling people, look, if you do what we do and get in what we get, then you can benefit off of what we do. That You only can benefit off of what you do. There's no one that can die for you. So <laughs> you wouldn't even want them to. You need those life and death procedures to, to, grow, to grow more advanced. Also, look, it's almost a play in words at times when someone says, well, I'll die for you. Well, you can die really for yourself if you understand what type of energy is associated with when you are able to split off the negative parts of yourself and basically trim and, and shape your own self. So in, in effect, you want to do all of this yourself. So when you have someone else doing it for you, this became known as taking the bath. 
okay? And then when you went under, you came out different. Now, this is, so, so what created, what began to happen, of course, because many of these earth energies are tan. Tan is also a word for serpent. Okay, tan means snake, as in Leviathan. Levi, tan, okay? Save, tan, okay? So tan, remember, means to take on the energy of something else. So many of these energies you could never tell. That's why, you see, the, the spirituality of this world was never just limited to what they're explaining in the Bible. There was a lot more beings than the Elohim all throughout the universe, different types of entities. So what this created is this created a time where some people could tell you, yeah, you're 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 with uh, the the good group and you're with the the, the ones that know everything and, and we're going to guide you to where you need to go. And re in reality, they were just another group of chthonic beings. There's a chthonic or a dark side to our consciousness. This is where this comes in. Actually, this should be written here. It always exists on these kind of planes. People do have darkness in them, okay? And so this is the wolf. This is the owl. This is the, uh, the, uh, the lion. This is the snake. Let's see who else loves to run around at night, creeping up on things and damaging things. This is the hyena. So there's this night side to things that many individuals getting involved in the Baphomet cult or the cult of Baal end up attaching themselves onto. And this created what was known as a fanatic. So what a fanatic really is is that now you have individuals that are literally possessed with the energies from their local area and have been basically introduced to those energies through some type of spiritual or religious study. Then, of course, from this point, as we explain in the chart of the absolute, then the person starts seeing through the eyes of whatever tan they've picked up. All right? So that should be pretty simple. I think people should be able to really understand that what you see going on here in the world today is a major misunderstanding of, of, of esoteric knowledge, spiritual knowledge, spiritual stance, and this is of course perpetuated by many of the stagnant energies on earth. So I, the, one of the last pictures that I uploaded also was this line. The beginning and the end, uh, the same, uh, the middle part, a uh, bunch of information in there. The dark sea, taking the bath, getting tan, eating those <laughs> water dragons, water snakes, to tan, the satan, the Baphomet car, taking the bath, doing all that shit. I kind of wonder where the leather fire comes in, although that might just be seeing through the tan, although, like, I don't know. Who knows? But all of that shit was amazing, the teal swan stuff. With the two sides, the seven Bomar stuff with the, once again, the two sides. I don't know if it's a lot about uh, family 
relationships. It was a lot of relationship stuff. We're going to end with a few flips. Basically, those are the videos that I've watched this month. Also, listen to Broken Kingdom by N.K. Jemison. I'm listening to the second book now, and it's pretty amazing. It's about gods living amongst the humans. Um, I watched The Witcher. Witcher was pretty good. Um, the Disastrous Life of Psyche K, which is always amazing. There's a new one on Netflix, pretty great. Uh, what else is there? Recently watched a movie on Netflix. MFKZ. Which I don't even know what that stands for. MFKZ was pretty cool, but it was, it's a uh, problematic, but it's cool. It's a bit of a program. Uh, I finished, uh, Once Upon a Time in Lingam Mountain which was very cool about cultivating immortality. Uh, flip a card about all those videos. How Sacroly told of the deck, what do you think about all those videos? An outward wealth. An outward wealth, 10 of discs. Discs are body, material wealth. Pretty cool. <sighs> Media. Media's cool. Relationships are cool. Cosmic calendar is cool. That was another point made. Yeah, but basically that's a bunch of shit that I watched this month. What I've been watching, consuming. And I guess that's about it. Hopefully this isn't five hours. Hopefully it's just four. How do you end? Yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit
Coniferous ferns, Lord Byron. We're going to end with uh, Coniferous Ferns, the last track called Never Trust Me. Episode 113 Green. I am your host, Lord Byron, also known as Byron Broussard, a.k.a. BlackRocker on Twitter, Lord BlackRocker on Instagram. I'm not just me.com. Uh, it's the website. 
that's the episode. You can't end like that.